A great man once said, movies touch our hearts and awaken our vision and change the way we see things. They take us to... Lame. Who said that anyway? Today on Through the Lens, we were talking about something cinematic by definition. How cinematic is up to you, however. We are talking about MCU Phase 2 today on TTL Through the Lens. Um... I couldn't think of another way to phrase it. Whatever. With a special guest today, big Marvel fan and friend of the show, Logan Hurston. Davis Logan Hurston. But of course, before that, we have to get into some current events. Everybody's favorite, the news. Davis, are you telling me there are two people named Davis in here today? I actually had to deliver something at work to somebody named Davis today. Oh, dear. I bet that was awkward. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't actually meet them. I just delivered it to their office. Oh, interesting. Davisception. (gasps) Oh. There Maybe was, that'll be a new podcast. Just Davis there, brings on different in my people class named Davis. Named Davis. There's, he, I've had wow. two classes with him. His name's Davis. I had another class with a guy named Davis one time. See, I don't, I don't, I haven't met an Alex. What? Really? What? Uh, you're what? gonna have to stop fiddling with that. Alex is gonna yell at you. Uh, uh, I, I, I have been known to throw things at people. Da- Davis knows though. He, he's aware. I know how to fiddle with things so he can't hear. Exactly. We don't want to show up on the audio, Logan. My goodness. Look, this ain't beat drop, okay? (laughs) Come on now. He nearly yelled at Chris one time for playing with the springs on the thing. That's because it was was loud. I'm not saying it wasn't, but Chris kept going like that or something, and he was like. I was was fuming. It was. was, I could tell, and he he never said anything to Chris for whatever reason. And I was like, hey, Chris, maybe you should stop doing that. Thank and you, Davis. Alex was, go- like, was going to blow. His top was going to blow. I appreciate you no- you being able to read me enough I, to, to you, look. You, you're, you're, there was basically steam coming out of your ears. <laughs> it was pretty easy to tell. Look, man, I sometimes I get a little, get a little agitated. Uh, does this even show up? Wait, everybody be quiet real quick. Barely. I don't think. Enough, Davis. I'm just saying. <laughs> it shows up enough. It's just the principle. But of this it, is Alex. through the lens with Logan joining the show, host of Beat Drop, host of Too Late with Logan, host of WWEGL. <laughs> and program you're gonna hit your limit of shows you're allowed to have soon. That's true. Is there a limit? I have no idea. There, there might. There might have to be. <laughs> <There> might, <laughs> as the schedule gets uh, a little tight, there might have to be an issue. Logan, how you doing today? I'm here. There you go. <laughs> wow. What a ra- what a rousing endorsement to your day. But as Davis said, we're talking about. MCU Phase 2, what a drudge it was to get through all this nonsense. And But first, we're going to have to talk about the news. A little bit of a lighter segment today. Not not as not as packed as it was last week or in previous weeks. Davis is reading a piece of paper right now. I'm not sure what it is. It appears to be someone's program schedule. Is that right? Oh, it's... Or uh, playlist. No, it's just it's just like a layout of their show. Oh, be smart I gotcha. I gotcha. Now, before we get into the trivia, though, we're going to have to cover two, or before before we get into the news, we're going to have to cover two trivia questions, because we didn't do one last week, so we're going to have two, one that will be answered at the end of the show, and one that will be answered next week, so you have have some mis- mystery there for you guys listening at home. So, number one, first question, what classic Mel Brooks comedy is shot entirely in black and white to give it that old monster movie feeling? Do not answer. <laughs> do not answer. Because, Logan, I don't know if you know, the but lighthouse. We've, had, we've had, stop it. We've had issues uh, with people answering questions before. before oh, I the, know. Uh, I'm an avid through the lens listener. Oh wow, a loyal What's fan. Your favorite moment. <laughs> um, pro- I mean, an all time moment was when you went on like a 20 minute tangent on Thor: Love and Thunder, but also the Back to the Future episode with Jack. Whenever you guys just laughing about Back to the Future Three, and I was just in, I was just in pain. I was like, maybe yeah. it's not that good, y'all. And you're like, no, it's awesome. They it is awesome. <laughs> They literally swayed Alex's opinion by being it, like, like you're wrong. Alex, like you may not, 
you might you might you must be in a gr- grumpy mood watching it. But like, if you watch it with me and Jack, you'll think it's the best movie you've ever seen. Oh, I'm sure. It I is, don't doubt it. It was hilarious watching it. I, I do not doubt that one bit. I do not doubt that at all. My my personal favorite moment is still the Davis uh, when when the Seinfeld cast joined the uh, show for two they seconds, were here. Cur- courtesy <laughs> courtesy of Davis and only Davis. Now our second question before we get right into this news in Top Gun, what song does Tom Cruise sing to Kelly McGillis? It's not what do you not think. answer. It, it is not. What, that's true. He sings I, Pavarotti. Can you believe that? <laughs> I thought it was I'm blue. Double D double die double D double die. Wow. You should put that on the next on the next episode of your show, Logan. Have you done that on your show before? No. Why not? Because it's that song. It's That's an awesome I, song. Are you kidding me? That's a song that defined a generation. A well, sad generation, but a generation nonetheless. Davis is typing away over there. Maybe maybe when you start your first <laughs> music show. I'm never going to start a music show because I would just play, what would you call Steam it, Steam Power Giraffe. You normally say it's- Steampunk what? Giraffe. <laughs> Steam something Giraffe. I, I thought I was going to, I messed it up. I was. I, I thought I was saying the wrong one there, but I said the right thing. Yes, you did actually. It is Steam Power Giraffe. Some some people listening will know uh, what that means. And according to Logan, many people listening to this episode will be first time listeners. He claims he has that kind of influence. <laughs> no, I never that said okay. that. Because uh, let's just lay down the law here, ladies and gentlemen. Put, peel back the curtain, if we will, for one moment. Logan really wants to be on the Whiplash and La La Land episode, which has already been promised to a previous guest uh, on the show, Josh Wilbur. Octavia Spencer. What? No. And Logan. <laughs> Logan has. And, and I and this is his quote. He is coming on this show to get us fifty downloads, so I will consider allowing him on the. Well, here's the thing: you could just get fifty people to just download on their phone and not listen. Well, I'm gonna get them to listen. Okay, we won't listen. They're gonna all gonna sure have to take a quiz. I'm going to state. <laughs> they're gonna have a thirty-five question quiz right at the end. How do you know? Um, whatever the guy did to get bots to listen. You don't know. There's no. There's no proof. Well, he, no, he. Believe him. I, I honestly do believe him because he. He's. He has a. He has a whole account where he posts about all of his movie-related stuff. So I believe it. I believed it. It's gonna and be it, on my dad's was, Facebook. That Dune page. episode was a lot of fun. I'll say. I'll say it right then and there. But on to the news, because we we got a long way to go with this one. First and foremost, apparently, Gangs of New York is getting a TV series with Miramax. I'm not gonna dignify Any that. Cast? With <laughs> uh, Martin Scorsese is gonna direct the first two episodes. Oh, no about kidding. what? Because like, of New York, respectfully, Alex. as as a as a Daniel Day Lewis supporter, Daniel Day Lewis fan, leader of the Daniel Day Lewis Auburn fan club, um, he's not gonna be in the show because he retired, and he is the best part of that lackluster movie. Leonardo DiCaprio is not gonna be in the show. Cameron Diaz is probably not gonna waste her time with a TV series. So the question comes, what is happening? Money. Is, is it a Mo- remake oh. or is it like I, I a don't honestly I don't honestly know, and I'm going to look it up again right now no, because it's it was, gangs. There's probably a different gang that you haven't seen yet. Doesn't matter. The first movie wasn't that good. Period. Wasn't it four hours? A four? series adaptation. Mm. Okay, I don't know if that means sequel or not. Awesome. Would you I, like to say anything else about it? I, I honestly don't have anything else to say. Series on that. adaptation is probably a remake. Well, that that's worse. Because nobody can play Bill the Butcher unless it's Daniel Day-Lewis. Nobody. You'll have to see. You'll have to watch it. I'm not convinced myself. In other news, the first trailer for a new blockbuster film from Netflix, the great victory lap for the company. I watched it. Not really convinced. I I I know, Logan, you watched it. I don't know if you watched it, Davis. The blockbuster Blockbuster movie. movie. It's about the last blockbuster. I understand. 
Apple. I thought you were saying it was like a blockbuster. No, no, movie. no, 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 no. It's it's about the store. I, know, I understand. Yeah. I remember now. It has it has the guy. What's his name? The Randall act, Park. Yeah, Randall Park. Wait, in I thought. Who well, I've never thought was that funny. Honestly, I, maybe that's a hot take, but I've never he seems like nice. I, I watched the interview and everyone's like, oh, "This is hilarious," and I was like, "This might be one of the worst things I've ever." He seems witnessed. nice. I mean, yeah. Well, you're gonna have to watch more of Kevin them. Feige. Seems like a nice guy, maybe. You're gonna I'd have, have to see more from him. He always wears that ball cap. I'm not. I'm not. What's he hiding under there? <laughs> All I'm saying. <laughs> if you don't like Randall Park, well, you better get used to liking him because you're going to have to see more of him in your next phase, bro. Yeah, that's why I'm just going to watch the next phase half asleep. I did I did watch the last blockbuster documentary on Netflix, and I like that. So, I'll probably- Oh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, that's what I'm saying, is that it's a cool concept that you could do a lot with, and the, the movie just, it was is like... Is it, though? I mean... But I was like... The last Radio Shack movie. Let's go to the theaters and watch about the last Radio Shack. I think. I think. I no. Think, I think there was. I would a, not pay money to go watch that. Almost said a bad word there. Whoa. I've, been, I've been getting dangerous. Oh. <laughs> so when I was listening to one of one of our previous episodes for uh, some I, or IBS award consideration, Davis, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you 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 started with a. And we were like, whoa. And you're like, I almost, if you want to rewind it, you can hear me almost say something there. And I was like, way to call attention to I'm it, almost, Davis. I mean, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not convinced about this movie at all. It looked very lukewarm and just generic. No, okay. So what I meant, Davis, is that it's a unique enough of a concept not to just be a very generic comedy. And that's what it ended up being. Like, there's there's something there if you if you actually tried, but Netflix like doesn't try. Give I don't me the know. plot for this this. Like, if they made a movie about, like, Enron, maybe I'd be interested to see how Enron failed. But, like, oh, Netflix tried to buy us out or whatever. Oh, wow. Real real nail-biter, this movie. I don't know. I think there's hey, more to it. Because, th- like, a lot of it was, like, just a If bu- they like, made a movie. One of the jokes was, I've been working here since high school. He's like, that's not the flex you think it is. And I was like, that. It's a very low bar of comedy one, right there. One of the there. jokes was like, how can I be the next Martin Scorsese if I don't work at a video store? That was a very low bar. See, that's also, it's all very low bar humor. If they made a movie about how Hobby Lobby stole the Epic of Gilgamesh, I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd all watch that. It's not a movie. It's a TV show. It is? Even it is. worse. Even worse. You have to watch ten episodes. Terrible. You know, back in the day, we made fun of like Fox. Not us personally, just people in general made fun of like Fox and like. CBS or whatever for putting out just like random sitcoms that weren't good, and now are we just not doing that again. I mean, they're still That's doing. They're that. making that show about guy do using easy bake ovens or whatever on Netflix. What? What? I'm not. I'm not even kidding right now. Look it up. <laughs> uh, I got Blockbuster. This. They're making every spinoff imaginable. It's just. We're, we're, it's just TV plus. We're just having TV all over again. Easy bake battle. The home cooking competition. Jesus, Lord. What on earth? Have mercy. Is that not just like Masked Singer spinoff? I hate that show. Oh, uh, that's so oh my gosh! I so the one of the wor- one of my favorite things about football season, and I, this is a small change, and we'll keep going. Tom Brady's a Masked Singer. Uh, he's he's got he's wearing he's, based on how he looks lately, he might be wearing a few masks actually. Um, <laughs> he's like Christian Bale on American Psycho. The masks are yeah, falling. <laughs> so. Watching like CBS and Fox and just getting the ads for those shows that are only going to air for like nine episodes and just disappear into the void over and over again. And they're so awful. It's just very, very funny to me to watch those and be like, oh, look at that show that I'm never going to see again, ever. I also find it interesting how we've had, um, back in the day, it was cop shows were the big thing. Indeed. Cop detective shows. And now it's like 
ambulance, fire. That's the new nine one one trend. Nine one one is literally the that's the whole. I'm, I'm sure I could probably I can, I bet I could pin down why, but I don't feel like doing that right now. Fair enough, Davis. Would you like to move on then? Since yeah. you don't feel like doing that, another Martin Scorsese news says the box office obsession is repulsive and insulting. His full quote reads as follows. Cinema is devalued, demeaned, belittled from all sides. Not necessarily the business side, but certainly the art. Since the 80s, there's been a focus on numbers. It's kind of repulsive. <laughs> Dave's just shot the thumbs up at I me. I agree. Yeah, I don't I mean, like I don't like a lot of money. But like Marvel fans may respond like, but 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 Spider Man No Way Home made one point six billion. It's like you're kind of proving our point, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, he's right, but at the same time, no, it's uh, still an industry. Like you have to make money. Yeah, so that's why I, I think it's. it's uh, I disagree. I think you have to make money. Do you have to make money? Yes. In a, I know that's why. Well, that's how we're, we've set up this system. In a Davis, in an ideal world, Dave, yes. In a perfect world, no. We wouldn't have to. But in the current society, with which no movie studio is just going to tear down on its own, yes. Mm, they could lend and not make so much money. Perhaps so. I think. I think his point is that it's not so much bad that they're making money as much as, as he said, the emphasis on it. Like, yeah. For like Marvel's, like, guys, another movie made a billion. That doesn't mean it's good. Some of their, like, the thing is, through phase one and two, it's been really interesting to read the box office numbers because I assumed every single one of them was going to make a billion. Because by phase three, they just, everything was. I mean, everything was just making it over and over and over again for no reason sometimes. Like, Spider-Man Homecoming honestly defied all the odds to make a billion because cause it, it made a billion, right? I, I get it. I thought it did, just 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 over that. Because like it was like the ninth iteration of a movie. But anyway, Martin Scorsese, right? Yeah, Martin again. Scorsese, the, the quote that I used in the beginning was a Martin Scorsese quote. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, look at that. I just looked up Martin Scorsese quote. Shout out so to that guy. Awesome. Copy and pasted half of it. We also got our first look at two new Supers for the Boys season four, Firecracker and Sister Sage, that. played by Valerie Curry and Susan Hayward. The two new Supers will join the show in season four, which is currently in production. I'm so excited. And I'm so glad that you watched the show, Davis. Because I mean, I was up to nothing over the summer. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But except, except working. As, as if I you watched Dope Stick, I watched The Boys. All recommendations from me, mind watched you. Watched Evangelion. I guess. Yeah. I, watched I also else, watched too. Evangelion. Good. I did too. We'll get to that eventually. I one of these days. I, I need to rewatch it. I, yeah, I, honestly, considering how the schedules when we made, we had to push that to a spring thing so it's we can okay. watch it over the break because okay. we got a lot a lot of movies to watch. We got a little ambitious in our uh, in our planning this year, but it'll be a lot of fun. But how long do you think uh, Firecracker and Sister Sage are going to last? Not long. Homelander kills both of them? As someone who's read the books, I do not recognize either of these characters' hey. names. Well, that's good. They could last a long time then. Well, I mean, remember that one guy who was the blind one, and then and then um, Homelander's like, "What happens if I?" <laughs> and the guy's like, "He just like, died." I don't remember that. He clapped really? his hands. What was that? Remember, there's there's the new new edition who's a blind superhero. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and he's he, like, "What no, if yeah, I just clapped him on the ears?" Yeah, I do. And he just that. gets got. Um, also, according to Popverse, says Oscar Isaac has confirmed that Moon Knight will return to the MCU. Isaac says, "Quote: All I can say is that it's not the last we've heard of the system that is Moon Knight." What? That's what he said. That's a weird quote. I I don't know. It's He's a weird. It's a, it's a weird show. I will return. <laughs> Haven't watched it. We're gonna have to. I right? know. <laughs> so I remember when I I uh we went to visit oh. the Auburn Sports Network uh to have Andy Bertram talk to our sports department here at Weagle and Jacob Hillman who works there, uh former host of the scoreboard, former guest or 
been a guest on Through the Lens multiple times, had the great Kiati Mundi Reddit theory that was one of the funniest segments I think we've ever done. He was like, yeah, like, I said, like, hey, man, we're thinking of doing an MCU episode. What do you think? He's like, yeah, well, I'm not totally caught up on Phase 4. And I was like, yeah, neither we. He's like, yeah, I got, like, maybe a few episodes of She-Hulk to watch, then I'll be caught up. And I'm like, what? Madness. Because... <laughs> I, if somebody asked me what percentage of Phase 4 I've seen, I'd probably say maybe 30%. I saw I not WandaVision. Watched. I saw Captain America and the, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Thor, Love, and Thunder. What else is even coming Multiverse out? of Madness. I saw Multiverse of Madness. I mean, so I've seen, because Far From Home is technically part of Phase 4. Or yes. Talking yeah. about No Way Home. Yeah, No, no Way Far, Home is. Far From Home also is, though, because oh. it's, it's also after uh, Endgame. Oh. Uh. I thought it's technically Phase 3. No, because I thought Phase 3 ended with Endgame. No, I don't think, because they did the same thing they did with Ant-Man, where Ant-Man was like the weird film after Avengers. Oh, sure. I'm like 90% certain. Man, I'm doing stuff wrong here, man. I don't know what's going on. Let me look. Um, I'm looking right now. Um, Oh, you're right. My bad. So, here's the films. Let, let's just do this right now. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder... WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She-Hulk. Those are 14 bits of media. I have seen three. I've seen everything but Miss Marvel. I've watched five episodes of Miss Marvel. Oh, crazy. <laughs> How do y'all do that? I did a comic book podcast. I have to watch That's true. Things. That's true. He did do that. And moving on to more Marvel Studios news. A lot of delays coming Blade has been pushed back to September 6, 2024. Deadpool 3 pushed back to November of 2024. The Fantastic Four film pushed back to February of 2025. And Avengers Secret Wars pushed back to May of 2026. Good. Oh. I mean, as as one could argue, and I think Davis would argue this, and I would happen to agree with him, just because they take more time on them doesn't exactly equate to quality. I agree. One could say that. <laughs> not going to be good. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a very negative episode. <laughs> and on top Actually, of Actually, I, I want to – I'll give Marvel their credit. I said this last episode, but I, I, I'm i kind of optimistic for Black Panther 2. The trailer looked great. The trailer really looks good. good. I like – Ryan Coogler's that dude. Uh, Ryan Coogler makes some good movies. I love Ryan Coogler's The trailer stuff, looked good. So, And, you know, I was a little optimistic about Blade because Mahershala Ali – who doesn't love that guy? Like, well, but <laughs> you have him just looking cool and killing vampires, and they're fumbling that. Yeah, because Marvel on. has now shut down production on Blade amid amid a search for a new director. But according to reports, Mahershala Ali is still on board despite the production issues. But you're right. I mean, that is such a slam. Dunk. I could write. I could write a Blade movie, like a a Blade. I'll make a Blade TV series right now. Like watch the first Blade movie. It's one of give the me, give thinnest. Me, give me like five. Y'all just talk, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with one. Okay, like all right, all right. Okay. Than what Logan, they had. We'll, we'll keep going through this news. Davis, you interject if you got anything to say on any of this news while you think over there. We'll start the clock right now. Davis, we'll get back to you at the 27 minute mark. Okay. According oh, to I Var- need more time than that. You said <laughs> you said five minutes. It's 5:26. No, no. Oh, on the, okay, on okay, the okay, podcast, okay. Davis. Oh, oh wow. Okay. We'll get we'll, we'll get back to you in thirty seconds. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, I got I got to bleep that out. I, be you a funny can moment. say that. Yeah, but it sounds really funny when it gets bleeped out. What do they, they, what do they, they think I'm saying the f word every time? Whoa, though? Dave! I just say it then. You can bleep that out. Uh, <laughs> There's something for you to actually bleep out. <gasps> oh no! I, see now I got it. You, you got to add me another minute. 
more episodes for we'll, the blooper reel. We'll come, yeah. we're, we're starting a blooper reel, by the way. Uh, we'll come back to you at the 28-minute mark. So you have five minutes, Davis. So, according to Variety, Lord have mercy. According to Variety, Adam Sandler is set to star in the Safdie Brothers' next film. The Uncut Gems trio is teaming up, teaming back up on an untitled project set to start filming this winter. Logan, I've not seen Uncut Gems, unfortunately. Wow. I watched the first 15 minutes, and I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't think I could watch it. I mean, I've heard all the good things. I just haven't gotten around to it. But, hey, look. He looked, I mean, the clips I've seen, he looked great. The Safdie Brothers, they're pretty good. I'm all for it. I'm excited for this. It was just, Uncut Gems is a good film, I bet. It's just... Very hard to watch. One I worry is that the you know the Adam Sandler trope of just repeating the same bits that were funny ten years ago. That's like that's what he did. I mean, Grown Ups One is actually kind of a funny movie. Grown Ups Two is one of the most boring movies I've ever <laughs> seen in my whole life. It's terrible. I literally was so upset just watching that because I was like, why? Why? None of this is funny. I, this is my. You don't have to worry about the Safdie brothers doing. I mean, anything. okay, yeah, I know that. I know. You I, Uncut Gems is good. My, Adam Sandler's awesome. Good Time it. is also yeah. one of theirs, I believe. Yes. Yep, that is one of theirs. No, I, again, I, I know they've. They, I know I they've got, got that track record. You, oh, wow. I already got it. I, see how, that's too short. See how easy that was? You I took just, you took thirty seconds, by the way. All right, Davis. You know what? Do it now. You have Masha, Maharsha Ali. Just he's suave. He's cool. You just have him go in different time periods because Blade can live for a long time, right? He's Blade, right? Yeah, I believe I believe that's because he's he's half vampire. Yes, he's half the vampire. They, well, they're planning on having it in the 1920s. That was their idea anyway. So let's stick with that. I'll, I'll stick with that. They start in like 1920s London or something, or just somewhere in 1920s, and Maharsha Ali's just going around different time periods, like he's living, he's finding institutions where vampires are in power, like he's like. Oh, there's a vampire in the Senate. I gotta go kill it, or something like oh. that, or something like that. He's he's just going around like maybe like not a monster of the week thing. If we want to make it like a TV show, which I'm sure Marvel would love to do, and they wait to reveal their big bad to the last episode, <laughs> like just like uh, like just have him go hunt vampires. The big bad, cool is places. Obvious. Just come up with cool place, cool ideas. See, I already, I just came up with it. So he's not immortal, but he does age very slowly. So that's essentially, I guess, Wolverine. Yeah, which kind of that that Wolverine ages very, very slowly. So in the same parameters. You're right, Davis. Should it should be the thing is, I got one you, for you. He oh, goes to London, and Jack the Ripper is actually. I was a just thinking of that. Yes, and he kills Jack the Ripper or something. More importantly, like if you see, have you seen the first Blade movie? Probably have I've, you? No, I so saw it I watched my, it last I watched year. It with my dad, a like long this time movie ago. is not some deep thought out masterpiece. No. It's a funny movie, and it's, it's a lot awesome. of fun. It's not that it, it, it hard. It begins with a blood rage. Exactly, and it's one of the coolest things ever. It like the fact is that because they knew it then. Wesley Snipes, for all of his many flaws <laughs> in the later movies, that dude just dripped charisma when he was Blade. Like he dripped charisma in every movie he was in, and they knew that and just said, okay. We're going to write a super thin script, and he's just going to be really cool for two hours, and it's going to be awesome. And the movie was great because of that. And Mahershala Ali if you is wanna, one of the best actors going today. It's not that hard. If you want to make it even more serious, you're going to have him battling with like the urge to drink blood or whatever. Ooh, and he, like, yeah. he, but he doesn't want to kill vampires because it's killing or something, because ah, he still sees them as human. Yes. Sounds like Morbius. <laughs> no, it doesn't. The, the urge of vampires. He's fighting throat. the urge to drink blood. Dr. Michael Morbius. Have you ever heard of Dracula, service. Logan? Yes, I'm gonna, I have Dracula. a big news for you. <laughs> Nosferatu. Anyway. Um, you know, that's not actually his name, Nosferatu. I, Davis, we talked about this last <laughs> week. <laughs> According to Deadline, Sidney Sweeney is set to star in a remake of Barbarella. 
Sweeney will take what? over the role once held by Jane Fonda. <laughs> Why do they make it bad? Why do they make a remake of bad movies? Once held by Jane Fonda for Sony, she will also serve as an executive producer on the film. I've never seen or even heard of Barbarella. Me either. It's a 1968 movie. It's stupid. 5.8 on IMDb. Let's look at some photos It's a here. cult classic because Jane Fonda is like hot in it. and she's It's like a sci-fi movie where she's wearing basically nothing. And they're like... She's like, oh, please help me on Barbarella. Okay, yeah, this is this is a little... Yes, like that's... Bro. Yeah. Logan? I'm what all for it. Co- co- cover thy eyes, child. Lord have mercy. It's not good. I watched the... <laughs> I mean, like a well, really hey, long but trailer. Davis, haven't you heard Euphoria is like the best show ever? <laughs> <laughs> so anything with Sydney Sweeney is going to make a billion dollars. <laughs> Move on to the next thing, Alex. <laughs> According, oh, um, George R. R. Martin has commented on what he expects from House of the Dragon. He said, quote, it's going to take four full seasons and ten episodes each to do justice to the Dance of Dragons from start to finish. Hey, as long as they take their time and don't rush the ending of it, I'm content. I think that's valid. Which I haven't been watching the show because, again, we just don't have enough time in the day, honestly. But it, I've heard a lot of good things. I mean, yes, it's not as good as the original Game of Thrones, but... First four seasons of the original Game of Thrones is probably some of the best TV ever. We've talked about that before. So I'm all for it. No, I know everybody wants him to keep writing his book, Winds of Winter, because he started it in 2010 and has not He's finished it. He's taking his time. Clearly. According to Variety, Davis, you'll be excited about this one. Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Fraser? Thinking about coming back as the mummy. Yes. Yeah, he said so, he'd be open to he's open doing a role. mummy role. He says that he's down for a fourth mummy movie, and he thinks he knows why the Tom Cruise film flopped. Quote, the ingredient that we had going for our mommy, which I didn't see in that film, was fun. That's that, true. That that's a true. very base take because, like, even even the sequels, which are not nearly as good as the first film. The first one is really fun. The first one is He's really having, good. having a blast. Exactly, and even the sequels, they're still having the fun. Side of the river. <laughs> exactly, and plus Bre- Brendan. I mean, talk, we talk about leads that just dripped a charisma. Brendan Fraser, great great lead by the way in the in the late nineties, early two thousands. Phenomenal. I know he was in some bad movies, but who cares? That man was funny in every movie he was in, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on that hill. Plus, I am so excited for The Whale. Anyway, we're going to do The Mummy next week, and I'm very excited to cover those movies, as we always are to talk about anything Brendan Fraser related. According to Deadline, Indira Varma, who was from uh, Game of Thrones, will star in HBO's Dune prequel series, The Sisterhood. <laughs> what? <laughs> Davis has rolled over. She will be Empress Natalia? Set 10,000 years before the ascension of Paul Atreides, the series will follow the Harkonnen sisters as they combat forces that threaten the future of humankind and establish the fabled sect known as the Bene Gesserit. Davis, the the people listening at home could not see your reaction, so why don't you put into words how that made you feel? Please, come on. I will not dignify this stupidity (laughs) with a response. (laughs) It sounds terrible. I'm gonna keep it a book. Ten thousand. No, no, no. Years? It's not even. It's not even that. It's not even that. It's not even that. <laughs> it's it's the fact. That Why it's a- are we so insistent, Hollywood, on having every single corner of every single property explored? What, like Star Wars is getting all these spinoff shows because we want to know what Boba Fett was doing for the two days that he was off. What what, what did he have for you lunch? You actually don't want to know what he was doing. Yeah, right. Stupid bikes or whatever. <laughs> so, um, Davis, you'll be having to know that when I did compact discourse by myself on Monday, I kept making jokes that I'm doing this solo, and then I opened one of them saying, "This is Alex Solo here." So, uh, imagine, you know. imagine you go into a dark room, and you're you're curious, what's in these corners? <laughs> 
and your 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 imagination your imagination could run wild, right? Your imagination could go, wow, in that corner could be a scary doll, or maybe there's some bugs on that wall. But then I turn every I I have LED lights that illuminate every single corner, so no shadows are cast. Is that room? Do you, can your imagination run wild anymore in that room? That was a really good point. That's all I'm saying. Wow, that was good. If you're in a if you're in a a a a, a, a psychiatric ward. With the the padded walls, you go crazy in there, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we yes we do, Davis. And I can tell you, you got. I'm the- going crazy. <laughs> I'm tired. Oh, I'm so I was I'm so close to cursing. Yeah, I, I gotta stop. All right, All right we're, we're moving on. But man, oh man, that is gonna. Speaking of, oh, Davis, we got another thing that's not exactly great. So the first teaser trailer for Spirited, starring Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, and Octavia Spencer released. The Christmas film hits theaters on November 11th and Apple TV Plus on November 18th. Listen to this, Davis. You're not going to believe what this movie is about. It is a musical version of Charles Dickens' story of a a miserly misanthrope who is taken on a magical journey. I'm excited for this. <laughs> no, no, I will turn off your microphone for this. <laughs> I mean, look, let it out, Davis. I like no. musicals. Can't. No, but see, I thought, okay, okay, maybe I'm, maybe there's another Charles Dickens story that I misheard, and then Will Ferrell says, "I'm your ghost of Christmas past," and I just about <laughs> threw up. I, I just about lost whatever sense I had left in my brain when I saw that. He called Ooh. he called Tiny Tim Short Steve. Did he? Yeah, because he's like, what was the kid's name with the crutch? Uh, Tiny Tim, he's like, Short Steve, uh, and he started running through the list. <laughs> we, was, need, we need to get video that was just the, so we that can That was have... the end of the trailer joke. Oh, my God. We need to get video just so we can have Davis's just expressions of agony. <laughs> yeah. You handed me a gun right now. <laughs> Oh, no. No. We can't say that one on there. Cannot yeah, say that. Can. I did. I did. Oh, I didn't insinuate anything. You did not insinuate anything. Also, Davis. Oh, we got another one for you. Liam Neeson nearing a deal to star in a new Naked Gun movie. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Nielsen to Liam Neeson. What are the chances that the Naked Gun reboot will be directed by the Lonely Islands Akiva Schaefer? What a weird role for Liam Neeson. That's a great, great point. <laughs> As someone who's God. seen the Naked Gun movies, I would never. He's gonna imagine. pee his pants on set. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Um, I swear I did not structure all the remakes and reboots back to back like that. Just once you got so angry about one, I kept reading. I was like, oh, because I mean, let, let's just circle back. Because forget this for a second. How many Scro- Scrooge type stories can we have? This is like what maybe ten. You uh, count the, you more, count the Mickey Mouse more than that 10. one. I mean, in like the last twenty years, even that Muppets, the remake by Disney, the animated when it was Jim yeah. Carrey, when it was Jim which was Carrey. a weird movie, by the way. I, well, so here's the thing with that. I watched that on the Disney. It's cruise. not even that because that's a classic story that's going to be interpreted in a lot of ways. It's going to be troped to hell. I can say that. I know you're going to edit it out. It's I might as well just say trope. While I'm at it. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to start cursing if you're going to edit out every time I say hell. I'm just writing it down to consider, Davis. Well, you got to have to edit out. Sometimes. Stop saying it. <laughs> but it's, it's a classic trope. It's going to show up everywhere. But, like, 
It's the fact that when you yes, read, he the, already did it. Man. When you when so, you read please. the names Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, you know there's not going to be a unique take on it. Is that is because that no? That is, it's just they don't need to make another one. I good. Point. I know. I just kind of. I just kind of turned around everything I just said, but like you don't need to. No, I, that's a good point. That's a good point. Now, what, was, what, what what what? Okay, how about this? What what is something new you're going to bring to the table of a Christmas Carol? What, the trailer didn't indicate anything. What a, what are you bringing new to the time. to the trope, to the idea, to the story, the classic Charles Dickens story of a Christmas Carol? Like if you brought like if they had ne- if there had never been a modern times version of it, and they're like, hey, let's put this in modern times now and see how it's affected. But there already has been a modern time version, right? It, it's it's probably been through every conceivable iteration of the trope yeah i agree here we are here we are and ryan reynolds in it apparently i mean look i love ryan reynolds he's a funny guy but epic rap battles already did the christmas carol one anyway oh did they oh well in that case i guess they showed up uh, oh oh don't say that (laughs) i will say no more we hear it through the lens. Do not condone. Goes, he li- you shouldn't listen to Yeezy. That's what he says. In oh, that I said that right last now. night. You did. I said I support the Jewish community here on Too Late with Logan. I said we will no longer be doing yay or nay on beat drop. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh my lord. Anyway, with that in mind, let's move on to the MCU Phase oh. Two. It First just keeps foremost, getting worse and worse <laughs> over here. Let's set the stage a bit. So Why could you say, like, let's do Children of Men? Let's do Coco. <laughs> we're saving that, Davis. We've talked about this. Are we it's, ever doing Coco? Uh, we'll work it in. We'll look into it. We'll look into that. We're looking at a lot it's of entirely things. Spanish episode. Donde yeah. esta? <laughs> Where? Where? <laughs> yeah, where, that's are, where you? are you? I, I, I stumped you, though. You, you looked a little... I mean, like, I knew what you said, but, like, I don't... How am I supposed to respond to that? I am right here. In Spotify. Um, so let's set the stage because part part of the fun of do or part of the intriguing nature of doing this mcu episode is to sort of see how the movies evolved and shifted particularly seeing how a lot of characters were rewritten and how the studio grew because mind you in the first six films there was only one billion dollar hit the avengers film and most of the other films i think the highest grossing one of phase one was about 560 million. They, they were not box office kings as they are now. And so setting the stage for this, think about where we're at in the first film. The Avengers just ended. People were hype about it, where it was going. And really, there was still so much just wondering where everything... Because I think Captain America, the Winter Soldier, wasn't even called the Winter Soldier the first time. It was called something else. And just a lot of excitement around where the MCU could have gone and could be going after introducing those iconic characters. And we talked about it. I liked the first Avengers film. I thought it had a lot of flaws to it, but I I liked it. It was fun. It was enjoyable. And then it takes another six movies in phase two and bigger box office results, not a single film other than the Ant-Man at the end, came close to the phase one production. And even then, I believe Ant-Man outgrossed three of the first six phase one films at the box office, even for such a little known character, at least little known to the general audience. I know comic book readers would contradict that statement and that's rightfully so in their part. So all that stage is set 2012, you got the Avengers and then they basically wait a year and they take a year and then out comes Iron Man three. Uh, and let's go, let's go to that one right now. So Iron Man three, what? I saw this one in theaters for my cousin's birthday. I did too. I, I did not, too. No, wait, not not at your yeah, cousin's we, birthday. Actually, we we, we, <laughs> we all went together. <laughs> yeah, we all had one gigantic birthday. I saw it in theaters. and I remember my cousin had not seen Iron Man one or two, so the whole time 
Oh no. He was asking oh, so many questions. No. He was like nine or ten. Oh, probably. okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's I think four years younger than me. Yeah. And we, we were, I mean, we're great friends, great cousins, love each other. But like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? that? Why is that? So Iron Man three, written and directed by Shane Black, who has a decent resume. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Nice Guys, Lethal Weapon one and two, but also the Predator twenty eighteen edition. Ouch, that one's not great. Yikers. Drew Pierce also served as a writer on the film. Robert Downey Jr. back as Iron Man. Gwyneth Paltrow back again. Don Cheadle. Guy Pierce as the new villain, Aldrich Killian. Rebecca Hall as Maya Hansen. Ty Simpkins as Harley Keener. And then James Badge Dale as Eric Savin. John Favreau returns. And Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery. John Toll was a cinematographer, edited by Jeffrey Ford and Peter S. Elliott, and a lukewarm score by Brian Tyler. I got beef about that one, by the way. So this film premieres May 3rd, 2013, and it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Let's just... Really? What do you mean, really? I don't remember it coming out in May. Yeah. No, nobody does until you realize that it's a Christmas movie in May, which is almost as bad as Die Hard 2 in July, by the way. Because that's, that's, that's when the Die, the die Hards came out. So that, that's strange of in itself. So it's a Christmas movie. But man, it made a lot of money. Running time of 2 hours and 11 minutes. On a $200 million budget, which was large for the time of the MCU, now it's probably standard. The film became the second highest grossing film of the MCU at $1.215 billion, making it the second highest grossing film of 2013, and the 16th film to gross over $1 billion. It finished its theatrical run as the fifth highest grossing film of all time, and its opening weekend was the sixth highest of all time. Only one major award nomination for Best Visual Effects. Guys... You know, we're not going to be able to go super in-depth in these movies because if we spend 10 minutes on each, it'd be an hour of just this. So what are our thoughts on this movie? Davis, you're looking very... So boring. <laughs> Logan, care to, care to comment on Davis's boring statement? I mean, comparatively to Thor 2, it is not as boring. I can true. both be boring. <laughs> I, just want, I just want to say that. And they I, both are boring. I enjoyed it a lot better than the rewatch. The one thing I noticed is they just, like, specifically kept Tony... They kept Robert Downey Jr. out of the suit for as long as the film as they could. It seemed like he was like not Iron Man for majority of the film. And that was kind of the point. That was the point of though. the movie. But even then, it even was then, boring. Yeah. I man, I don't even know where to begin with this movie. I really, I have like only have like four, I have four things written. I, I checked out at the start because if anybody didn't I notice, Davis's intro was a joke poking fun at this beginning where where Tony Stark opens the movie. With a famous man once said, we create our own demons, and then immediately does the, that sounded better in my head line. He's like, somebody said it. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but I said it anyway. <laughs> Maybe we'll just start over. And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't want to watch this movie anymore. And I'll give it some credit. The action scenes are really well done, quipping aside, because, you know, that's not a big fan of that. Visual effects are really solid. I thought, yes. I thought the suits looked really good. Mm -hmm. The visual effects was a major step up. Compared to, honestly, the rest of Phase 2, and for some, because Thor The Dark World did not look good, in Terrible. my opinion. The idea of Tony having anxiety and panic attacks, I gave that great concept. Up. I think we all agree, thank the Lord there's some kind of consequence for the craziness that happened. Because, like, the, you know, it, it, it's kind of a funny, you guys ever had shawarma? It's a funny joke, but that man basically was like, I'll sacrifice myself, and like, was resided to the fact that he was going to die, and then he just doesn't. I think that's handled mostly well done, except then... 
people like to go like, oh, are you doing that thing again? <laughs> and I'm like, you mean having a panic attack? Like, it's a very serious thing. And they This, this did come out in, like, what, 2012? 2013. 2013. It was a different time true, for mental true. health. True, But even awareness. then, this is, this is the second straight Iron Man movie where they've dumbed down a great Iron Because Iron Man 2 took his alcoholism arc and turned it into, <laughs> I'm having donuts in the donut hole because I just got really drunk and peed in my suit. And then this one, awesome. this one, <laughs> this one extends it a lot more. I really like the scene w- where he's drawing for that kid and he just like loses it. Yes, I, 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 I Robert Downey is a great actor. He, despite the script issues, he's a really good actor, and I think we all can agree with that. And this is uh, probably the one time Marvel has done a tasteful PTSD plotline. True. Other times is not has not Thor, worked out. Mm-mm. Thor, fat, fat bad. Thor, bad. bad. Back. Oh, he's fat. He's fat now because he's depressed <laughs> and he you, has PTSD. Do you, do you guys get it? Do he's you, fat. We're saving it. We're saving that for Phase Four, of course, and all of our or Phase Three and all of our rantings and ramblings about that. I think they handled that mostly well. I just, I. What else is there to say? About? I, I think Aldrich Killian is boring. Tried terrible. His plan doesn't make he's much sense. He's so bland. He's so. It's like, why are you even here? It's, and, uh, what was his plan? I don't even. I don't even recall. Well, it's so technically he did have a disability that he was fixing because yeah. he had that limp. I didn't honestly pick up on that. Yeah, I mean, even I was he like, was hiding the limp. I thought. Well, I know he was, but like, no, but the the no, extremist like, fixed it because that's the point of extremist. I know it grew someone's arm back. Well, yeah, no, it, it it makes you perfect is the idea. So with that, I said that this movie tries to toe the line between being the most serious and funniest MCU movie so far, but it just doesn't age very well because there's a lot of serious things going on and then Iron Man's like very like, <laughs> that's funny. And one thing that I really, really did not like, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just ask you guys for your opinion on this because I felt like I was losing my mind. So the Air Force One scene, right? They... Uh, Savin goes in the Iron Patriot suit yes. and goes to kidnap the president and blows that hole in the back of Air Force One and 13 people fall out of the ship, out of the plane. And then the rest of the plane just explodes. So are we supposed to assume that the 13 people that Iron Man saves were the only people on that plane? Because like that is like a 9-11 event, by the way, and nobody seems to care about it at all. It was just a really they fun maybe, set They might have piece. said a line like, everybody to the back of the plane, but I was, they che- didn't. I was checked out. I don't they know, didn't. I was checked out. Like, I watched that, and I was like, wait, because like then then um his suit gets gets like red because he's not, he's like, I, I think I saved everybody. Like, bro, the plane just blew up. The president is dead. No, well, technically, <laughs> so, yeah, Savin took him, but like, I just saw it, and I was like, okay, this is like a terrorist attack level event that should like, you know, be on the news for like a month. And they just like rubbed it off. It was like, all right, guys, next action set piece. Awesome. Time to go. Well, I mean, to be fair, in this world, there's been an alien invasion. Well, yeah. So still, three thousand two. However many people are on that plane is still how many people are on that plane. Uh, no, I thought it was a private. It's not like a. It's Air Force Air One, Force my one. guy. The president's plane, which has like a support staff of like what two hundred people oh. at minimum. <laughs> yeah, like the Boeing, it can hold like a three hundred people just on it. Minimum. Well, that's not good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Air Force One. It like blows the- up in the background. Then he's like, "All right, guys, we're gonna pull. We're- remember that monkey game." And he's like, "I'm like, what? Catch the monkeys, catch the monkeys." The most protected plane that ev- is ever. They have like jets. Why didn't a jet just shoot down the Iron Patriot? That's a great like- idea. Well, because they thought they th- they thought it was current uh, roads. Okay. Well, yeah, because he, 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 sta- he, he walked on. So that that would explain. But that. still, I was the checked. point is, Air Force One blows up and nobody cares about. It. And they're like, "All right, guys, next set piece, we gotta say Pepper." And I'm like, "What?" No. Also, 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 this movie, Davis, despite being so boring, as you said, and despite you agreeing with that as well, Logan, 
it has maybe 25 twists in it. Think yeah. about it. So let's just go down the plot line. So you got the whole Killian twist, which is given away because Savin, his right-hand man, who we've seen before, is in one of the helicopters blowing up Tony's house. So it's there. But then, like, two scenes later, they're like, oh, my gosh, guys, look at this. And it's like, what? And then also the whole thing with the doctor where she shows up for a scene, gets no characterization, um, uh, betrays Pepper and gets her captured, and then tries to sacrifice herself to save Tony and gets shot. That is four twists in one character that has maybe three Exactly, I don't even remember her name. I don't remember her name either. It was... Maya Hansen. Hall confirmed her character's role was greatly reduced in the final film, saying, I signed on to do something that was a substantial role. She wasn't entirely the villain. There have been several phases of this, but I signed on to do something very different than what I ended up doing. Because this is the, again, she has like maybe three, excuse me, she has three scenes, and it's, hey, um, I'm I'm Stark's old girlfriend, comes back, hey guys. Oh, yeah. it's, it's the girl from the town. Yes. Rebecca Hall, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, Rebecca exactly. Hall. Yeah, but this character... I forgot she was even in the movie. Because <laughs> she's in it for four seasons. She has like three I thought twists. she was in another MCU movie when nope. she came in. I was like, oh, she's nope. back. Because then she's like, I'll kill myself to save... So, or you'll save Tony. And then Killian shoots her. That's like two twists in one. And then, ignore all that, you've got the vice president being in on it who has two scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. He has the phone call where they say, hey, something happened, and he ignores it. It's like, oh my gosh, his daughter has a has a prosthetic. And then I'm taking notes in the movie, and he shows up, and I'm like, why is he here again? Oh, wait, because he, he betrayed them one scene ago for his one moment in the whole movie. Then you've got the Mandarin twist. About its, the vice president's two scenes about as monumental as the vice president actually's use in the American government. Whoa! There's a joke for you. Base take this. The the joke is that they don't do it. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) And then I also really hate. um, I think this movie utilizes manufactured tension a lot. So when you when you have a twist that you're going to reveal, but you don't reveal it, so you show the Mandarin, and everybody calls him the Master, and like Killian, like doesn't make eye contact with him. But then two seconds later, everyone treats him like he's an idiot. Not to mention, there's this one. This is my biggest beef in the whole movie. So, before we know who the Mandarin is, before we know that it's Trevor, right? Right. Because like, you remember, it's all mystery. So, yes. every time they talk about him, they call him the Master. They do not use his name, even use the name the Mandarin. And then the moment we find out about the twist, his security guards are heard saying, oh, we've got the Mandarin on, we got eyes on the Mandarin or whatever. It's like, why'd you change that? Just because for they wanted to make it a mystery until we didn't we knew it, and then they just completely changed it, even though that doesn't make any sense. Because the characters themselves would not change that. And then, of course, the twist itself is one of the worst things I've ever seen, because Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin was the only good part of the first half of this movie until... But he actually is the Mandarin or something. There's that one shot where we're he not, is we're, the Mandarin. We're not, we're not talking about that, that ending of like Shang-Chi or whatever. I don't even know. What? No, there's the one no. shot they made right after oh, this yeah. where he is the Mandarin he acts, or something. Well, no, no. In the one shot, he gets kidnapped by the actual Mandarin oh. at the end of the movie for acting as the Mandarin. So the Mandarin is a complete... Neither of them are the Mandarin. In this scenario, it's the Mandarin and Shang-Chi, which then he says in Shang-Chi, I'm not the Mandarin. So it's Maybe they just all don't, for not. They don't wanna they don't wanna show the the former <laughs> They don't they don't wanna have a comic accurate looking Mandarin, so they're just gonna keep pushing it off. And more importantly, the Mandarin was initially set to appear in the first Iron Man film, which is why the, the terrorist organization that captures Tony is yeah, the Ten, Ten Rings. Rings. But they 
The, Actually, was, you know what the was, Mandarin looks like in the comics? Yeah, I do. I know what he, he looks he like. He was put off for a sequel as filmmakers felt he was too ambitious for a first film, so instead they deliver this horrible twist. I, I, I like, I've seen people defend it because it's like a great gotcha. I think it's a lazy and bad twist, honestly. It, I would have been fine with it if any of the villain would have been anybody other than Aldrich Killian. Exactly, because like, he's so, so bad. bland. Like, if the villain would have actually been good, I'd been like, okay. That's 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 a, I would have been like oh, he's so like boring, yep, and so generic. And then oh my gosh, okay, the ending. There's like 15 fake outs at the end of the movie. Pepper dies. Pepper dies, and then Killian dies. But then Killian might be in the helmet, so he might not be dead. But then he's not in the helmet, so he is dead. But then he comes out of the fire again because he's alive. And then Pepper slips because she's alive and goes to kill Killian again. Mm-hmm. How many is that? I just hate it because I was like, wow. I like I hate when I can transparently see twist after twist after twist after twist. I could not stand this movie, to be honest. I mean, like, the stuff with RDJ I felt like was good. Like, everything with the PTSD. And there was a lot of good concepts. It just, in execution, the villain being terrible and every subplot being, being terrible. Being so generic and the whole... Random subplot mystery with the kid that made that fit that didn't fit in on the fact that oh it's kind of funny like why is the kid there and then oh my gosh he shows up at the funeral don't you know yeah, yeah he's just one time and then oh my gosh apparently he's gonna show up in another film he had a three and then deal. and then the film just sort of basically spells out multiple times um what Tony's issue is like they oh my gosh Davis I'm surprised you weren't a- angry about the exposition police cuz there's so many scenes where Tony and Pepper are just saying in very plain terms what his issue is and it's like guys we can infer that he's obsessed with the suits if he has 42 of them you don't have to tell us he, like he it's says like, like are you obsessed with these things he's Tony? like the suits are the suits are a part <laughs> of me, me. yet yeah, no duh we can like it just felt so shallow it is. Ugh. And it's very funny because he destroys the suits to immediately in Age of Ultron have an arm. Oh, we're bots. getting to that. <laughs> we are getting to the Iron Legion and that. Oh, my Lord. I mean, everybody's like, DC has no co- cohesion. Maybe they should watch this movie like one time. Maybe just, maybe just watch it once. I mean, Tony's going to Tony. I give this movie a thumbs down. I mean, let's do out of the, out of the 10 scale again. Five. Five. I guess five. I don't. I barely even watched it. Like it was on. <laughs> I, don't, I can't. I've I mean, do we, have, do we have any final thoughts, guys? I know I talked a lot. But a I, I just was very upset about this movie. It's a bad movie, and we're gonna talk about a worse movie here. We are Logan. Now. Any final thoughts before we head out? I mean, I'm pretty sure I said everything I wanted to say. Just oh, and lastly, before we go, um, one thing I thought was really funny is Guy Pierce said, "quote." He felt he was a little more experimental in the roles he was taking in his career and was not keen on appearing in a superhero film, but felt his role was cameo stuff, which was a more enjoyable experience. Note, Guy Pierce is the very infamous actor from the film Lockout, which is an absurd movie where he chews bubblegum and shoots criminals. Guy so really, Pierce? Really, also- really experimental there on that. I saw the movie. It might be one of the worst things I've ever seen, but anyway. Oh, okay. I thought you were just saying, like, Guy Pierce. This is what he's known for when he's no, no, in no, no, Memento. No, in no. Memento is definitely that. I was just thought it was very funny because Lockout came out a year before Memento. Iron Man 3, and he was Memento. Sorry. I said Memento. Oh, yeah. I know. I know you and I was like, I guess I got it wrong. But before we go on to the next one. Aye, aye, aye. Um, the post credit scene. Speeding through these. The, no, we, we got, got five more to talk about. Yeah, we got time. Okay, we, we got, got an time. hour. I know. 
The we, um, got, we still have things after. True, sure, I know, yeah. I know, I know. We we got time though, Davis. Okay. Um, okay. The okay. post credit scene, nothing related to the MCU, just a bad therapy session with Banner that I didn't think was very funny and kind of undermines the whole arc. But you know, it does make sense though. He was narrating the whole film to Banner. That's true. Why he was narrating. True. I just Boo. thought it was a little annoying because it's like, yeah, I I wrote down Boo. why do you have to explain the narration? It's a movie. Narr- narration true. is is a is a film. It's a, it's a writing technique, no writing um device essentially. You don't have to explain it away like oh, in case like the Marvel fans were confused why he's narrating here. It is, I'm sure the they were, but I'm sure they wanted <laughs> oh, they went no. had a spinoff series oh. of why he was narrating. It came out today. <laughs> oh, Iron Man narrates. Oh, my stomach hurts from all this laughing. So on to <laughs> Ooh, buddy. Uh. oh my lord, Thor: The Dark World. And when I watched this for the for this time, I said, you know. After I watched it, I said, why did people care about this movie? Because it made a decent amount of money, by the way. Made a lot more than the first Thor. Because Chris Hemsworth's hot. And I'm hot. like, let's click the trailer on Disney+. Plus. And I was like, that's a bad trailer. Why did any... It just, it just left things up in the air like 50 times or whatever. Oh, my gosh. So, Thor The Dark World, directed by Alan Taylor, a major TV director involved in Game of Thrones, The Sopranos, and West Wing, Davis. But his major movie credit... Credits are Terminator Genesis and the Many Saints of Newark. Post hoc ergo propter hoc. It's a West Wing reference. Oh, nice. Um, a trio of writers, which is never a good thing. Christopher Yost, Christopher Marcus, and Stephen McFeely. Hemsworth, Portman, Hiddleston all back as their characters. Anthony Hopkins back as Odin, which I thought he was very weird in this movie. He was we'll yelling a lot. He yeah. was. Stellan Skarsgård as Eric Selvig. I like that. Love Stellan Skarsgård. Idris Elba back as Heimdall. Christopher Eccleston as Malekith. And Adewale Akko. Kunoye Agbaje as Algrim slash The Cursed. And Ray Stevenson back as Volstog. Zachary Levy uh, as Fandral. He replaced Joshua Dallas in the role due to Dallas's commitment to Once Upon a Time. Levy had been up for the role in the first film, but bowed out due to his commitment to Chuck. And then Rene Russo in a more expanded role as Friga. Cinematography by Kramer Morgenthau, edited by Dan Liebenthal and Wyatt Smith. Music again by Brian Teller. And I mean this in the nicest possible way. I have no idea what the MCU saw in Brian Taylor to make him the the guy for most of their movies. His scores are so lackluster and repetitive. You guys, of course, probably didn't notice as much as I would because that's I know my thing. I didn't. But like Iron Man three had the same problem that Thor one had, which was also a Brian Taylor film. This movie two uh, just one hour and fifty two minutes, and it made six hundred forty four point eight million dollars worldwide. The tenth highest grossing film of twenty thirteen on a $150 to $170 million budget and premiered in November of 2013. Oh, my goodness. Let's, how, much, how long do we have to spend on this one? Not long at all. Like two minutes? Not long at all. Except, Davis, I do want you to look up a video that I showed Logan earlier of Malekith's death where he just goes, ah! <laughs> I watched the movie. No, yeah, I don't nah, think you... No, don't touch my laptop. Oh, I'm watching <laughs> it right now. Oh, man, this is crazy. Okay, fine. Ah! What? No, I'll show you afterwards, and you'll understand. Okay. But anyway, guys, well, you you, you, you take the lead on this nonsense. I Why do we got to take the lead? Because I took the lead in the last one. You take the lead in this one. Uh, Dude, the amount of I watched Iron Man 3, <laughs> half that is what I the amount I watched, the amount of attention I paid to this one. It was on, certainly. I can't, I, I can't say I really watched it, though. I've never almost fallen into asleep in a movie twice. I had to pause it the first night to go to bed because I'm like, well, I can't watch it anymore. The next night, I started immediately and was like, I want to sleep. This is so boring. One of the most... I, I genuinely think I would rather watch Morbius than watch this film again. Honestly, yeah. Right. Morbius is pretty boring, too. No, but you can yeah, laugh but Morbius at how bad, is bad it is. This movie is just bland. It's just so generic. 
And Ma- I mean, we talk about how Killian is such a bad villain. Malekith might be <laughs> the thinnest villain I have ever seen in a movie. Period. The the only- I mean, you know, think of like okay, okay, I'll, I'll slim it down to a comic book movie. How about that? I'm trying even, to think. Even even Matt Smith's um, excess or have sex, whatever the heck he was saying. Poop my pants with pants. <laughs> that guy at least had some semblance Milo. of a character. Milo. Yeah. yeah. He had some semblance. Malekith, like, they keep talking about this dude, and I'm like, okay, y'all. They keep saying, like, how he just has so much rage because they've lost everything. He literally killed his own people to try and kill Asgard at the, right? at the end of the prologue. Like, What? What? He's evil. They have, uh, to, spell, they have to spell it out for him. I to mean, you fans. this movie is so bad. I, one I'm thing that I thought was so strange about it was one that, like, Frigga, who was in three scenes before her death, we're like, it's this super emotional scene. I just remember sitting here going, I don't care. Yeah. She like, I love Renee Russo. She's being a lot of great things. I just did not care at all about that. Because, like, I remember when I watched Endgame, I'm like, oh, am I supposed to care about Frigga's death more? No, back you're not. Show, I'm like, why was I ever, like, sad about Why did thing? anyone ever yeah. care about a character that was on the screen for two minutes? I don't even know. How'd she die? Um, did she get stabbed oh, or something? Oh, so, so this horribly done scene, so she just takes Malekith to the cleaners. Like, the big bad that we're all supposed to be scared of, she just, like, wrecks him. Yeah. And then and then the curse just comes in and kills her. And then Thor is conveniently in the next room to jump in and go, No! Like a high school, like a high school play where the character comes from Chris behind Hemsworth the curtain. Chris Hemsworth's acting was terrible in this film. It's not great. It, like, it, it, was it ever that good? The only scene that he was no. decent in was, like the only parts of the movie that is even watchable in my standards is like the two scenes he's with Loki. And, I'm and like, that's because okay. Tom Hiddleston's that dog. Tom Hiddleston's that guy. He, I mean, Tom Hiddleston is that dude. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> I just, like, the maybe two good moments are one, he doesn't have bleached eyebrows anymore. And that scene where, where Loki, like, gets rid of the illusion to show that his, like, room is destroyed and he's lost it is great, except it takes two seconds to get there. Thor walks up, Loki says, uh, haha, come to gloat. And then Thor's like, stop it. And then it cuts to that scene of Loki being distraught. And it's like, Y'all could have, like, let it breathe for, like, a few seconds. Just, like, maybe just let the movie breathe for a moment. And then I also thought Anthony Hopkins was really good in the first Thor movie. He's really strange in this one. Yeah. Like, I don't really know, like, what his deal is, but he acts very strange. He has, he just, like, one. remember, so do you remember um after the opening scene? And then, don't worry, Davis, we can move on from this shortly. What are you looking up? I was looking up Alan Taylor's movies, and one of the covers was weird. Yeah. Um. So one of the opening scenes after Thor comes back from the opening battle, he and he and Odin are talking, and they're looking at like Sif because they're fighting. And I swear, Anthony Hopkins read every line that they said. You have to say all this exposition in like two minutes. Go really fast and just say it all. <laughs> and every single exposition scene is the same. It's like, do you remember when I taught you? Or hey, you know more about this. Also, how did they fix the Bifrost? They did, man. They did. Oh, how? I didn't even. How? The why, ending why did... of the ending of Thor. Loki says, "If you destroy it, you'll never see her again." They fixed it, man. They just got a lot of workers. <laughs> it worked very diligently, and then they one, they went to the center of the universe with the Bifrost and they got their the harsh desire. One of the dumbest things ever. <laughs> no, they went to the center of the universe. <laughs> When they got to this movie, they clearly did not have enough material. Because here's the thing. 
Per in a perfect world, Thor 1 ends with the Bifrost being destroyed. Thor 2 is Thor's quest to get back to Jane on Earth by either building the Bifrost again somehow or finding some weapon that leads him into some villain, right? That that seems obvious to me. And then Thor 3 is something that happens, something unrelated to that. Oh, wait. But, like, there's a, in a perfect world, he wouldn't just end up there again. He got back because they said the convergence or some crap, right? They said all yeah, the Yeah, they made something up. Well, no, 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 because they used the Bifrost, which he blew up. It fell off the map, dude. It, did, yeah. it fell off. What? Ugh, well, then how did he get back in Avengers? Because they used the... So, in the Avengers, there's a great line where Loki says, how much dark magic did Odin summon to send you here? So that's like a like a rare occurrence, and then they get back to Asgard with the Tesseract, oh. which I'm fine with. I am perfectly content with that, personally. But anyway, is there anything else you want to say about Thor: The Dark no. World? No, move on. All right, let's rate it, guys. <laughs> three, a three, yeah, a three, three out of ten. I'm, that's being even the ending action gracious. scene was so. Bad. Oh, no, but so like he's got the like so um Selvig has these really high tech things and he's like, well those work and it's like yeah okay Thor's gonna be really smart. He just throws them at him like spears. <laughs> he's like, what if I just throw these sticks really hard and it'll kill Malekith? What? I don't remember that. I, I probably was asleep by then or so. I don't even know. And one of my favorite things was going through the Wikipedia page on this movie and every actor has a quote saying how they're so glad that their character has so much depth. Or like Kat Dennings, Darcy said, her role was expanded from a comic relief sidekick role. And I'm like, how? How was Darcy expanded? How Worse. was any of it more? Nothing had more depth to it. None of it. Even even Selvig having PTSD from a god being in his head is just, I run around naked and with my with, without any pants. So true. That's right. I'm not three out of ten. That's what I'd be man. doing on Saturdays. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we have fun. Uh, we have fun here. We have fun. Um, wow. Just wow. And let's let's go through the post. Let's go through this ending for a second. So the ending. There's actually a really good talk between Odin and Thor, where Thor says, "I'd rather be a good man than a great king." Okay, cool, fine. But then the whole scene is washed away because Loki's just somehow there. Because for the second time in three movies, they kill Loki. Why? Awesome. <laughs> it's his trope now, man. You can't kill it him. Mu it must be. So then Loki's there somehow. And then the post credit scene, they get what? Logan's just looking at me. I looked at him. I was, oh. I was, I was, I was reciprocating the eye contact he was holding on. They me. go, okay, yeah, fair enough. They go give the ether to the collector, and there's that. It's important not to have two infinity stones in one place, just so people know that's an infinity stone, and the tesseract yes. also an infinity, stone, even though it's obviously implied. And one, why would you give it to a guy who looks to collect things? It's just that's a that's a serve the next plot because again. Why give it to someone who wants to collect? Because he then says, one down, six to go. Like, no, duh. He's the collector. Like, what? Like, if I have a friend who is known for selling, reselling, like, important, valuable jerseys on eBay, I'm not going to give him my one autographed jersey as a present, hoping he'll keep it and not just sell it on eBay. Awesome. Because he's powerful. Because it's a bad be, movie. They can be defended. And then, of course, there's the post credit scene that doesn't even involve Natalie Portman. It's actually Chris Hemsworth's wife instead, because Natalie Portman was not available for that kiss at the end. Because as as with any Marvel movie, there's the implied thing where, where Jane is eating cereal and Thor's implied to come back and we see the Bifrost, but then they had to film a scene where they go out there and kiss because it had to happen because everything was so rushed in this awful movie. 
Can we can we go to the next yes, movie? Yes, we, yeah, can. can we move on? We can. We can talk about a better movie. A much better movie, in my opinion. Captain America the Winter Soldier, written and directed. Oh, I can't wait to talk about uh, Trouble Man. I have a lot to say. <laughs> oh, stop it, David. <laughs> directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, the Russo brothers. Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely back for another run as Marvel writers, but this movie actually doesn't suck, so I don't really know what went wrong with Thor the Dark World. Yeah, right? Exactly. They wrote, like, Thor, the worst MCU movie by and, far. Like, a lot of good MCU movies. So, very, like- very strange resume, which. It lends people to believe that Kevin Feige is just the ghostwriter for all of them. Mm-hmm. They also wrote Pain and Gain in all the Chronicle of Narnia films. Okay, Pain and Gain's a funny movie. I get, that's a good script. Pain and Gain. Uh, it's this, it's the Mark, true story about Mark Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg and the Rock and on the Rock, and they're all on roids. They also like do this like prison break thing or whatever. It's a, it's it's a Michael Bay movie. It's actually kind of good. I don't know. I'll give it that. Don't know. Chris that Evans back. Scarlett Johansson back. Sebastian Stan. Returns as Bucky Barnes slash the Winter Soldier. Anthony Mackie in his debut as Sam Wilson slash Falcon. Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill. Frank Grillo as Brock Rumlow. Emily Van Camp debuts as Sharon Carter or Agent 13. Haley Atwell makes a brief return as Peggy Carter. And Robert Redford as the very lukewarm Alexander Pierce, I must say. Sam L. Jackson back as Nick Fury. Cinematography, which I thought was pretty good. A much a bigger step up from Iron Man 3 and Thor the Dark World by Trent Opalock. Edited by Jeffrey Ford and Matthew Schmidt. And Henry Jackman composed the score, which is why it doesn't suck. Because it's <laughs> not my arch nemesis, Brian Tyler. Because we got beef with that guy. This movie, it premiered in April 4th of 2014. It's the second longest film of Phase 2 at 2 hours and 16 minutes. And the budget ranged from 170 to $177 million. But the box office yield was high for an MCU movie at that point with $714.4 million, the seventh highest grossing film of 2014. And it received an Academy Award nomination for Best Visual Effects, but it lost to Interstellar, and to that I good. say, good. good. Excellent. Now, Black Hole is the oyster. <laughs> and then the singularity is the pearl inside. Cap, Cap, we got to get out of here. Cap, Tars. Come on, Tars. <laughs> Let's just talk about Interstellar for the next hour. I would love that. Lord have mercy. I, I, hadn't even, I haven't watched that in a while. I could still do it. We could do it. I could no do doubt. it scene for scene. No doubt. Winter Soldier, much better movie. Just, I, I would say a great movie. I, I, this I is, agree. This is like, it's shocking. This and Infinity War, it, it depends on what day I'm on. It, I would agree with better. that. I think, I think this and Infinity War have something in common. They let the movie breathe. Lord have mercy, the other movies do not know how to let an emotional scene sit for a few minutes. Like, after Cap has that very, which is a very real and serious scene with Peggy as she basically forgets that he's alive, they don't go into a joke scene the next a minute later because the movie understands what the audience just saw and does not want to laugh about Iron Man going... <laughs> something ridiculous about language or my suits or something about, oh, dummy. Iron Man is the reason (laughs) that every single comic character in the MCU quips now. I agree, 100%. And another another movie we're about to talk about relates to that as well. They set up Captain America as this serious, somber hero in this one. And then in Age of Ultron, he's going like, language, guys. Gosh. I I just, I think this movie is- And then he says a bad word and they're all like, whoa, my God, he said a bad word. You kiss your mother with that mouth. We are certainly getting to that. I just think this film is just so much better. Like, I give this I, one a thumbs up. I was really Big astonished by already just how it, how it was at the start, how it evolved, how each of the twists was not just twist for twist's sake. 
Oh my gosh, I just thought it was a much better story. I thought Chris Evans was a lot better as Captain America even than I the first. I think Sam film. was good as or uh, Anthony Mackie. Ma- Anthony Mackie was. I like. I like the relationship. I they, agree. They set up. Yes. I really like touch, touching on the VA. I think their opening scene where they're running is just such a good good scene. And the on your left thing is not overdone. It's funny. It's however, a- however, Anthony Mackie recommends a certain album. To, <laughs> Davis, to I, it was because it was because it was Marvin Gaye, and that's well, your no, dog. I would like to say something oh, about okay, it because yeah. it is a weird choice. Why Trouble Man, which like mostly instrumentals. There's like two songs where Marvin Gaye sings on it for more than like three lines. So in in, I don't get why he said Trouble Man as like this triumph in music that will that will fill in seventy years of lost knowledge. If you want to choose a Marvin Gaye album, why not What's Going On, which did. Like encompass everything that was going on in like African American community and just America at the time. I don't. I don't know why Trouble Man was the choice there. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe they honestly just said, "All right, Anthony, like it's gonna, good. Maybe, it's just it's maybe he has some, some some significance to him." And he, they were like, "All right, you recommend one." Um, but then it comes back in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It does. Yeah, because then because then yeah, whatever his name is, Zemo's like. It captures the the African American experience, and then Anthony, Anthony Mackie or Sam Wilson's like he's out of line, but he's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which like he, there's one song where he sings. I got you. Okay, interesting. I'm just saying. So I if it was say, like, what's going on? I'd be like, yeah, what's I, going? A great I, album. Perfect I didn't really album, like actually. the detail of the Notebook. Like this just shows more detail because he writes, it's I Love Lucy, the Moon Landing, Berlin Wall up plus down. <laughs> Steve Jobs, Apple in parentheses, Disco, Thai Food, Star Wars, which he then crossed out and put slash Trek, Nirvana, Rocky, and then Trouble Man. So, I mean, hey, I, I like the detail of that. I just thought overall it was a much better movie. I do think, for lack of a better word, as much as I like it, the supporters of Winter Soldier do think this movie is a lot deeper than it is. Like, it's it's the minority report conundrum. Like, it's the idea of if we can stop people from committing crime, should we? That's the whole minority. That's the whole point yes. of that movie. Oh, yeah. And I, I think this movie de- delves into a lot of that. And it's it's really, again, a lot deeper than most movies, and it sticks to it. So it's a lot deeper than the rest of the MCU. But again, I just thought it was so much better. I thought the the action scenes were just very fluid, and I didn't tire of them, honestly. They, I think they were some of the best in all of the MCU, because it's all mostly you know practical. I agree. I do think that the Russo's tendency to just shake the camera and make you think things are going really fast. Is, yeah. <laughs> once you know what to look for, you can't unsee it. And there are some things where I'm like, what is? Why are you cutting every time they throw a punch? Oh my lord! Because that one scene where they have the knife fight is great. Not a lot of shaky can. That's fine. But there were some specifically in the, like the opening set piece on the ship that was like, what? What? What is going on here? Why is it doing that over and over again? But yeah, I just, I just really, I don't know what else I can say that I really, really liked it. I, I really like like. Especially like the action. I like the sound effects they used. I wrote down they used a lot of crunches and thuds. Um, what was what else did I say? I also really like what they did with just Nick Fury in general after stripping of Shield and like the whole action scene between the the driving down with the police chase and all. Yes, that, that was a great, great set piece, and th- I thought that was an excellent twist. That's how that compared to Iron Man Three is how you do a twist right because there was nothing you saw nothing to have that twist coming. He just got wrecked after he looked into some information, and then you're like, no, okay, it's about to go down. Like there wasn't like a multiple super intense scene set up just for like a you got swerved again, which is what Iron Man Three was. Um, anyway, I thought that was really strong. I thought that. I thought Robert Redford could have been a little better as Alexander Pierce. I thought he was kind of just, eh. He was probably there for the paycheck. He did a he did a fine job. I mean, ultimately, 
It's about it's about Bucky. It's though, about so. more it, Bucky just Hydra as a whole, other than true, just him. True. I feel like the I not I did not remember how long it took for them to like actually really use the Winter Soldier in this film because other than the Nick Fury scene, they only use him like once yeah. in the first hour, hour and a half. And you've got that scene when he goes to see Pierce, and you're like, oh, is he there to kill Pierce? And then Pierce says, I've got two targets for him. You're like, oh, and that, that's and then he just shoots his he shoots his maid. Yeah, that was a good scene. I that liked was a that great scene again yeah. because. Like the the joke in there, the light thing is you want some milk. Like that, the point is that's not like a bit. It's just a nice line of dialogue that allows a scene humorous, to have some a humorous line of dialogue. That's not just a oh my gosh, guys, this line's gonna kill, which is what all of if Iron Man like, three was. If he went, you look like you need some milk. Yeah, yeah it would have ruined bad, it. Bad. That's that's like especially for like this tone of the film, which, which I wish exactly to you. If they say a joke, it's not like it's more like something we would say in conversation more than just like it's time, it's time for another joke, guys. Like even even people get mad at like the bye bye bikinis thing when when um, Black Widow's like telling the story of Winter Soldier shooting through her, and I'm like that's actually that's a that's a fine joke. I didn't like that line. Actually. I, I didn't, I didn't mind like it. that line. I, I mean, it, it it was a little corny, but again, it wasn't. It still wasn't as over the top as what I would expect and what I was used to. Here's something I wrote down. Oh, go ahead. <clears throat> Part of what makes this one good, I put. Oh, actually, no, I don't agree with the thing I put in parentheses here, so I'm not going to read it. Wow, no, say it. I want to know what you said though. And civil war in a way. Ah, in a way. Okay. Okay. Is that it has someone fighting back against the establishment when MCU nowadays seems like it wants you to listen to what they're like the established the establishment quote unquote is telling you. But looking back on it, civil war, Captain America is obviously supposed to be the bad guy. But like I mean, they want they like the point of the movie. They're like you. They should tell the government all these things. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm I'm curious to rewatch Civil War and and go through that film as well. One last thing I was gonna I was kinda, say. This is like a hyper. This is a very hyperbolic statement I wrote. What do you mean? What? <laughs> I, I, I didn't finish it. I want you to listen to what people say and listen and be obedient and all that. It feels like is how I finished it. Interesting. Which like I still kind of agree with what well, I wrote. Yeah, because that was the whole point of the. Try was it Try Skellion or whatever the yeah they were. yeah because it was basically the people who would not fall in line and fall into order of Hydra they were gonna kill off they were gonna kill off anybody who had the chance of uprising them right so. two negative notes I'll say here real quick number one I think I won there was another one of those like like the Avengers you got a suit then suit up line which is still one of the worst things I've ever seen like that is a terrible line of dialogue and then and then this other one is what line? no the the line in the Avengers. Oh, there, well, you said there was another. There's there's one in this where he says, if you're going to fight a war, you've got to wear a uniform, which is like. Oh, yeah. There's no, like, he's, go, he's going to get Nick his Fury suit. There's no, there's no, no, Captain America says that as he walks off in the distance to go get his suit from the the original suit. I'm like, okay, guys, there, we understood what was happening here. We got it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I just didn't. I was like, because like. Anthony Maggie says, oh, you're going to wear that? And then he could have just ignored him and went to go get it. But instead he's like, no, if you're going to fight a war. Like, no, I, I didn't like that personally. I don't also, I'm not sure if I buy Nick Fury signing off on this draconian Orwellian uh, security system. Yeah, it, seem, it seems. He's already pretty distrustful of everybody. Yeah, so why would he expect, like, yeah, I agree. That could kill millions of people. <laughs> a thousand, a thousand kill, a thousand hostiles could be killed a minute. Is what it that says. That is insane. That is terrifying. Yeah, I agree. It's a very strange thing for someone like him to go for. 
I, I it kind of, I guess it was a very indirect characterization, especially because he's the guy that said, don't send the nuke into New York City. But now he's like, actually, on yeah. second thought. Let's just have a thing that can kill every single person you disagree with. President Instantaneously. Of the I agree. Let's hope nobody hijacks it. Oh, wait. What happens in the movie? He gets hijacked. Yeah. <laughs> how stupid. I agree. Anyway, this film... Guy, because we are, we are running out of time with how much we got here. It's almost like I said that earlier. Okay, you know what, David? <laughs> um, why don't we go ahead and give our ratings for this film? This is, I mean, it's a... It's a honestly, I'd give it an 8.5 to a 9. I'm same. Same here. I'm going an 8. That's fair. I, seven I expect and a half you to, go, to eight. I expect you to go lower than the rest of yeah, us. Yeah, I, I, I will be going lower than the rest of you. I mean, not for some of these films, because ooh, buddy. Also, so, that costume is sick. I agree. The uh, the costume Best design Captain was American very suit. top tier. It does tier. look good. I really liked everything about that, except again, the film lacked its consistency in the shield uh, mechanics. But we're not going to talk about that. Then the post credit scene. You got two big ones here. You revealed the twins, Hydra, Herr Strucker, Loki, Scepter, and the quote, this is the age of miracles, Doctor. There's nothing more horrifying than a miracle, which is a very heavy-handed way of saying mutant, but they couldn't say mutant because Fox owned it, owned that at the time. Pretty funny. Because that's what that's supposed <laughs> to be. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, like, when I was like, why is he saying that? Nobody talks like that. Oh, wait. Because they're mutants. It's supposed to imply it. And then another scene with Bucky at the Captain America exhibit, and then a very big Captain America will return in the Age of Ultron. But before we get to the Age of Ultron, we've got the Guardians of the, the Galaxy. The best Marvel movie? <laughs> I, I might Whoa. be inclined to say so. Directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn and Nicole Perlman. A huge new cast, Chris Pratt as Peter Quill slash Star-Lord. Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Dave Bautista as Drax the Destroyer. Vin Diesel as Groot, and it's actually pretty good. Um, yeah, it's because he only says one no, no. line. So there's, there's a great story about that where Gunn actually talked about it, and he said that, honestly, for the first month or so, the dialogue just did not sound good when they were in the recording studio. Not not a month. For the first like few times they went in the studio, it just did not sound good. Like Even Vin Diesel admitted it did not. So then Vin Diesel and Gunn got together, and Gunn, Vin Diesel asked Gunn to explain in detail what each phrase meant even though it was not written in the script. And then he said that Vindy just came in one day and just crushed it. So, I mean, again, it is certainly one-line dialogue, but I'm imagining for James Gunn, as good as his movies are, if it sounded bad, it must have been pretty terrible. And respect to Vin Diesel for figuring it out. Because, honestly, it is kind of challenging to make the same phrase sound a little different each time, and it does. You know I could do it. they originally wanted Vin Diesel for Thanos. And really? the only reason he signed on to Groot was because his daughter saw the tree and was like, oh, I like that one. So he knew he wanted to do something for his kids. Interesting. Wow, I did not know that. So I thank God he was crude. Absolutely. <laughs> Bradley Cooper as Rocket, Lee Pace as Ronan the Accuser, Michael Rooker as Yandu Udanta, Karen Gillan as Nebula. Her makeup took four and a half hours, and she shaved her hair and trained for two months for the role. And then John C. Riley as Roman Day, Glenn Close as Arani Rail, Benicio Del Toro as The Collector, Ben Davis handled cinematography, and music by Tyler Bates, a much better, better score as well. The film premiered in August of 2014. It's pretty short, despite all that's going on. It sets up like six characters it did, in like actually, two hours and two minutes. I think it premiered July 30th. Because I remember seeing it on my birthday. Interesting. Well, it says it said August. 1st I remember on seeing this on well, my maybe, birthday. Well, I mean, well preview, preview. Technically, day. technically thir- Thursday is not counted. So, well, no, but there would have been July thirty first too. Yeah. Huh. I got no he, idea. He I saw this it. on my birthday in middle school. I remember that. They were like Davis's birthday rolled out early. It, we saw it at the car mic um, on Schillinger, Alex. 
Really? You forget AMC now, sadly. It used to be, or it used to be Carmike. It used to be Carmike Cinemas. The good old days. The g- I wish you knew you were in the. G- anyway, um, <laughs> not not gonna talk. Not gonna talk about that nonsense right there. Um. So yeah, it's a much, much better movie than the first two of Phase Two. I like it a lot. I yes. really think I like it a lot better than I remember it. I thought I thought the jokes were very well paced. I thought the cast was brilliant, top to bottom. They really, really are very very talented. And the script is really strong. What are some of y'all's thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy? Davis, you said it might be the best MCU movie. I'm reading I'm reading some right now. Logan. Logan, take, take the reins. The perfect, it's what the MCU formula wants it to be every film. It does great on its emotional weight, especially like st- the opening scene with Star-Lord and his mom passing away and the impact on that and everything they do with Rocket and Drax. Yes. But it also does actually land its jokes in like most of these films. Most of them. There's a few that watching back as a grizzled yeah. adult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of the Drax anymore. lines I did not find as. No, those are still. I fi- kind of still find those funny. Rocket got a lot more annoying. Really? To me. When he does like the. Ha, 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 ha. It's like it's real. I was like, <laughs> so I did. I was like this. I way too long. I'm tired of this already. That's fair. That that's a very that, that joke made me roll my eyes. I also I do have a signed art piece in my house of Yondu with the little troll doll from the end of the film. Pretty Just cool. Just wanted to state that. Interesting. Um, I actually have a question. Um, for Davis, can you tell me how to pronounce if you have any guess on this guy's name? Because I skipped over because I didn't want to mess it up in the moment. But I have a story about that, so I'm going to tell that if you could try and pronounce it for me. Jimon Hounsou. Okay, gotcha. Thank you, Davis. So. Jimon Hounsou is actually one of the villains in this film. And I want to. He's the t- guy. He's the guy that does the who, like, which yeah. is a gr- great. Honestly, <laughs> a gr- I, I like when he goes Starlord. He goes finally. That, yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that great. was great. So the reason I <laughs> the reason I brought this guy was because one, I think he's pretty good in this role, and two, he he's said, in something else I saw recently. He's a, he's, he's in, in the he's King's in, Man. He's also in Gladiator, and he's that. very very not good that. in Gladiator. Not that. Not that. Not that. In Blood Diamond. No. No. Just, just do your thing. I'll okay. figure it out. Right, Davis, you're going to want to hear the story. So he, I, I can't so hear it. So in an you. interview, he said, quote, I have a four-year-old son who loves superheroes from Spider-Man to Iron Man to Batman. He's got all the costumes. One day he looks at me and says, Dad, I want to be light-skinned so I could be Spider-Man. Spider-Man has light skin. This was sort of a shock. This is why I'm excited to be part of the Marvel Universe, so I could hopefully provide that diversity in the role of a superhero. That's a really good story. I agree. I, I saw it and I was like, wow, that is... Because, I mean, the, the, you know, you'll hear that and... You'll hear all the stories of just in a general sense, people will say, "Oh, it's good that children can have a character to look up to that looks like them." But I've never heard such a direct story like mm-hmm. that before, and it really, I mean, I was shocked when I. I That's why Miles Morales is such a a huge hit. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I agree. Great I, to have amazing. Miles. I agree one hundred percent. I think this is just a, such a noble reason to join the film, and not to mention in his short moments, I like him. He's fun. He's good. Yep. Who? That's so good. Um, Star Lord. No. Finally, <laughs> we get the rock. Finally, <laughs> Mana. <laughs> only I, rock, the only rock quote we can say from WWE era. Why is that? There's some that are a little <laughs> pushing the boundaries. Up. That's true. <laughs> that's that, true. I'm not even no, about that I know which one Davis is talking about. We're not gonna talk about that one at all. Not not at all. Guardians made $773.3 million, a huge win for a group of no-names. Oh, I meant to say when Logan made the good point about its emotional weight, I think this is the only Marvel movie that's actually made me tear up of all of them. When when they're like when he has to hold his like, take my hand, Peter, when they're holding the 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 stone, yeah. it still makes me tear up watching it. It's just that's a great that's my favorite scene of the movie. 
when they're I, all when they're all holding it together, and he goes like, "We're the Guardians of the Galaxy." I think God, the, I was the opening that. is so good, even with like his yes. mom, and that's so good. And I thought Ronan was a lot better than I remembered him. Mm, me too. I think that's- the problem is I just hate that he is so easily distracted by a dance off. Like, bro, you come this far, put the stone on the ground, and be done with it. I don't really like that. He paced pretty good. I, as I get it. He paced the bodies, bodies, bodies. What? He was? Yeah. I like this actor. He's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. He was really, really good. He wasn't as whiny as I remember. He was just very, like, ethnic cleansing terrifying, which is a yeah. scary concept. I, re- I get why he gets distracted, though, because it's like, at that point, he doesn't think they have any chance of beating them, so he's like, I can just watch this guy beg for his life, you know? That's a good... Okay, That that's a fair... That's a very fair point. I also really, really like... You know, after watching it... So many times I knew that it's an Infinity Stone, but the reveal of what the Infinity Stone is and what it can do is like it's some terrifying yeah. stuff, man. It blows stuff up. I mean, it, you they tell you and they warn you, but then it happens. You're like, oh, oh <laughs> they, they they just got absolutely annihilated. I really like that. I thought Drax, honestly, again, I I didn't like some of his dialogue that just totally undermined him. Because he's really intimidating, and Dave Bautista plays it really well for the really emotional parts, talking about his family and all that nonsense. And it's like, why would I put my finger across yeah. her throat? That does, yeah. It, it kind of undermined it. I'm fine with it being literal. Like, I, I, the joke of he's a literal people that doesn't understand metaphors is fine, but like maybe limit it so it doesn't totally undermine the seriousness of his character. And also, the character gets undermined further in future films, unfortunately. Yes. But I really enjoyed most of it. I just. It's a great, great cast. James Gunn has a talent to cast people because this man has not missed. He also yeah, has to. Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. He <laughs> oh lord, uh, su- the Suicide Squad. Suicide really Squad. good. Film. Uh, one thing, one issue that I just thought of when you when you that lady got blown up by the Infinity Stone in this one. Yeah, and then like oh they all hold it together. Like Peter and all them hold it, and you're like, wow, how can they do that? I think they should have just left that as like a huh. I wonder why they can do that. Instead, in the next scene, he goes like, "You're actually part God." <laughs> yeah, you're, they, you're only half Terran, actually. The like, M- come the on. MCU but has at least, such, at least from volume two where you find MCU out his dad. The MCU has such is, a bad tendency to to like they can't leave you wondering anything at all. I know, and it's very especially in these early movies. It really was like that, and I. I just didn't understand it at all. One beef I had was the fight. The final fight. Um. There's the point where they have to open the door, so Gamora fights Nebula to get the, the you know the uh, the door system, so she can destroy it and open the door, so they can get to Ronan, right? Right. That makes sense. Okay. Cool. 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 So she does it all. She opens the door, and then she just shoots through the ceiling and just jumps right into the room. Yes. What? I don't. I don't remember that. I do I, remember that. I because yeah, because she's like above them, yeah. and she just shoots their growth. So it's like, why don't they just go? Why up don't top they just and do that the too? And then it'd be fine. But it's just like no, we have. And I get it because it's tension, but like bad. Yeah, I, I didn't like. I didn't like that much at all. I will say, James Gunn might have mastered the art of exposition because that prison like lineup scene, fantastic, such great that. It, I, I still remember the trailer. There is a yeah, yeah, he yeah, has the. It, that's that's a great trailer. If they if there is a blueprint for exposition in a film, that is it. Honestly, I feel like just a a police lineup's a good exposition spot. Usual suspects, or better yet, just be creative and funny, and yeah. don't do the same exposition every single scene like Thor, because that's all Thor: The Dark World was. Yeah. This movie though, keep keep going, Logan. Um, for me, I mean, some of the best, of course, if if you don't if you've ever seen Guardians, best use of music in a movie in general. The soundtrack is always used to great effect in these films. And also, again, like I want to harbor on, 
I remember everyone around me thought this movie, like, even my dad's like, I don't think that's going to work out. Like, everyone thought Guardians was going to be a huge flop. Yep. Because it, because everyone thought, oh, Marvel only has success so far because they've gotten their characters that people sort of know. They don't have the X-Men. They don't have Fantastic Four or Spider-Man. And then when this, when this was a big hit, that's when everyone kind of realized we're going to be stuck watching Marvel movies for the next 10 years. I like years. this one because it's not giving all, like, the, oh, this character's going to show up now because they're on Earth. Like, it's just, it's its own contained movie. It'll give little hints. as like, it gives a hint, it gives a reference to Howard the Duck or whatever. Yeah. It gives a reference to Cosmo the Space Dog, all yeah. that stuff. Like, it gives little, like, references, but, like, you're not, you're not, I'm not, Captain America's not going to show up and become a character in the movie. No, we're not going to be like, oh my God, Captain America showed up. Everybody stand up and cheer. <laughs> I also, I, I agree with that 100 On your left. <laughs> I also thought the comedy was just, there. it was such better written material that allowed it to breathe. I think, oh, oh this actually, this is for Ant-Man. I'll say that for Because it relates like, to, the, it, what, sorry, go ahead, Davis. The people that they have in this movie have good comedic timing. Instead of like, Chris Evans, who sometimes does. And sometimes does not. And I think Ryan that- Ryan Jr. does. I'll give him that. He has good comedic timing. Even I though it, I don't think he's that funny. I think- movies. But even then, the writing is just a lot better. I think, one, first of all, um, Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana's chemistry is really, really good, by the way. I was buying it. They have like two scenes together for that. And I, I bought into all of it. And then again, like the jokes, like the whole, if I had a black light, this place would be like a Jackson Pollock painting. I think that's pretty funny, but I also think it's funny because <laughs> they then leave it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And they don't say, oh, Drax doesn't go, do you get it? Because he's disgusting. I need to get a black light because there's... I. Yeah, like they just let it breathe compared to a certain joke in Avengers Age of Ultron about language that they beat into the language. ground, dig a six-foot hole and bury it. Because this film just lets it happen. And it's so much more creative. And that's why I'm going to give it an 8.5 to a 9. I was going to give 8.5. I cannot in good conscience give any Marvel movie a 9. When I say 8.5 to a 9, I say I mean 8.75, but you don't allow me to do that. Yeah, so. yeah I'm not going to allow you to do that. I yeah, give it an 8 to a 8.5. Wow. There you go. There you go. I mean, you got you got any more? I mean, that, that, that probably covers most of what we have to say about Guardians of the Galaxy. I you think just, this is probably, I mean, Infinity War is actually pretty good, too. Infinity War is pretty but good. But I, I think this is the one I'd be most likely to like sit down and be like, you know what? I want to watch this. I, I I watch this and I put it on. Like I that's the that's the most likely one out of any of them. I liked it a lot better Except than I remembered. Also, Ant Man might really. I, Dude, we're not there yet, David. We're not I'm there just yet. Saying, Save I just, it for later. No, no, no. I'm just saying I would Whoa. I would put on Ant Man. I cannot I would believe not that. because of Ant Man because of Paul Rudd. I cannot believe that honestly. But we'll move on I'm to. I'm not gonna give it a nine or anything. Avengers Day of Ultron oh with. My God. Uh, <laughs> The long day. The, the long, the Avengers six hours of Ultron. Avengers three day weekend. This movie has a special power of the the actor, the character's accents disappear after this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers weekend at Ultron's, uh, written and directed by Joss Whedon. Oh, boo! boo. Uh, all all the same cast returning, all the same Avengers returning. Don Cheadle in a bigger role as James Rhodey Rhodes, War Machine. Aaron Taylor Johnson as Pietro Maximoff or Quicksilver. Pietro. Oh, it- Pietro. Okay, my bad. Aaron Taylor Johnson recently in Bullet Train as well. Oh yeah, exactly. Great movie. He's really he's really funny, which is why I feel like he's very underutilized in this movie because he's been great in a lot of other. I things. know, right? Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff. Paul Bettany as Jarvis, and eventually the Vision. Kobe Kobe Smulders again as Maria Hill. Mackie Anthony Mackie returns as Sam Wilson and Falcon. Haley Atwell, Idris Elba, and Stellan Skarsgård all make basically cameo appearances. And then James Spader's Ultron. 
I gotta say, I think he did pretty great good. casting. I don't like how he had lips, but it looked good. <laughs> I think. James, I mean, no, he did good. Excuse he, me. I think James Spader is great, but I absolutely hate the way they did Ultron. Oh, I agree. So I agree. They made him Iron Man light. We're we're gonna delve into that certainly. And Ben Davis back for cinematography, music by Brian Tyler and Danny Elfman combined. Apparently, I don't know how that Ooh. went. How that worked. It premiered May 1st, 2015, one of the longest of the MCU at two hours and 21 minutes, and a budget that was absurd. According to Wikipedia, it ranged from $365 million to $495 million. Really? But they made $1.4 billion worldwide, becoming the fourth highest grossing film of 2015 and the fifth highest grossing film of all time. No major awards or nominations, 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. I truly... Started this movie last night. I'm like, all right, let's get through it. Come on now. Let, we can do this. We can do this. And then then they went the language, and I was like, I got to turn this off. <laughs> I, literally, I literally paused, and I said, I cannot watch this movie. Language. I'm surprised it took you that long to pause it, because let me tell you, some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in a Marvel movie was in that opening fight. Thor looked so bad. Oh, Captain my gosh, he did. So bad. When he was carrying, like, the yeah. metal beam. Oh, my God. It was so terrible. You could We're tell. We're going to show you later. Holy it cow! Terrible. It's it was that's when so I'm, when bad. You talk about the budget, like that's your opening shot. That's what you want to like at least look good. That's and why. It, and I was, it looked terrible. And then like, and then like when the, the cool oh, we're gonna jump together like the circle shot. But then like Black Widow just moves like a JPEG across the yes. screen really fast to catch up. That's why VFX artists should unionize. I'll, I'll keep saying it. <laughs> keep on saying it, Davis. Oh, oh my! Disney overworks some. This movie, Davis. When I said Age of Ultron, you said, "Oh Lord, what what do you got to say I, about it this?" It was. It was. James Spader was cool. James Spader's voice voice was perfect, and the most annoying thing is I kind of liked some of the ideas behind Ultron of him like in AI going going rogue, exactly. Which is, not, yes. is which is a concept in like theoretical whatever. I don't even I can't even think of the, and the area. His first few scenes, he's yes. got the where scene he comes to life. Yes, and he's talk, I like talking that to Jarvis. A lot. Great when he comes live in a taxi manager is great. It's all great. He talks about where did he get his body though. Um, not not the first body, the brand new one where he's like wearing the cloak, and they're like. I can't read your mind. Where did he, he get that? He built from? it from Strucker's facility. He, he, he built it from Remember, he tapped yeah. in and they had that, that giant. So, but even then, this movie is so on the nose because he keeps saying, I had strings and I'm free. And then they just blast the, the Pinocchio. Pinocchio. <laughs> you got no strings on me? I'm like, that's so overkill. I didn't yeah, even dude, notice They that. did not we need got, to play that. Like, we understood it. It's a, it's a thing. And then, oh my lord. And then, so. Um, Quicksilver and Wanda go go and visit Ultron. I don't know how they knew to go there. I don't. I still don't understand. Maybe we missed a scene. I think they were like told or something like that. They were sent a message. I guess. I don't. I'm not really. I'm not really convinced on that. But they're told to. Go, they they get there and Ultron's talking and he's saying this great thing about how um, people uh, often like basically. I think they say dread what they create. Let me pull up the note itself to try and get the exact quote here because I want I want to get it right. So. Um, oh, so he's basically talking about how um, men of peace create weapons of war, and then uh, people create s- smaller people. Yeah, one of like the that. worst. No, no, that's say what? What? Say your thing. I think it's one of the most annoying things ever that an all-knowing AI has no idea what the word children means. That's, what children? That's not even my issue with that. It's that he, they're having him spit in these hard lines, like these awesome dope lines. And Bars. then he goes like, there, at one point I wrote it down, where he's like, Wanda asks him something. He says like this long eloquent sentence, whatever. And then he goes like, but also, yeah. Yeah, yes. Like, what? Yes. Leave, leave him cool. Don't don't undermine him with a stupid joke. I know he's supposed to be stark, but make, 
Except, except the Stark thing makes no sense because the movie goes at excruciating length to establish that they did not create him. They weren't even close to creating him. That's yes. the How whole point. How did he point. get created then? That, that, it's a mystery, but the point is they go at painstaking length to explain in immense detail, including Jarvis saying, we weren't close to even getting this. I don't know how you're alive right now, Ultron. Well, let me tell you why they did that. Because Iron Man was never supposed to create Ultron in the first place. Iron Man does not create Ultron in the books. It's Hank Pym. Yeah. And it's like, it's a reason it's Hank Pym because he's basically Hank Pym Jr. That's why they tried to make it with Tony Stark. Because Hank Pym is a horrible dude in the comics. He beats his wife. He turns into a villain. That's why it ju- Ultron, his peacemaking robot, was supposed to be, you know, all evil. So whenever they have Tony make him, he basically just, oh, he's made. We can't have Iron Man actually make the evil robot. I guess it just exists. I think the idea of an AI taking the, the task of peacemaking and wanting to get rid of the Avengers, I, I think that's valid. Yeah. That's fair. That makes sense. You, you remember that game that but we used to play? But he keeps making bits. And, but also, yeah. Uh, in high school, <laughs> we're like you'd play that game where like you made the paper clips, and at the end, it would destroy the universe. It was an it was like you you'd start out, you just make paper clips, and it keeps progressing. And it's 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 basically it was made by like some mathematicians and stuff to show you if you let AIs, if you give them a simple task, how far they will go. To complete the to task. complete that task, so you're making just making paper clips in the game, but by the end you destroy the entire universe to right. make paper clips. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, that's very it's interesting. actually pretty fun. I don't know that. I don't played online. And I, I do that. and I get the like destroy the Avengers. All they had to really say in that was like, well, the Avengers bring as much threat as they take away. You know, it's the same right. humble concept that they use in like Watchmen and stuff like that. And I I was personally looking forward to this because one the trailers for this movie were like hey guys they're all gonna die <laughs> and then I my, I did not read the concept one of the movies that I saw growing up as a kid was I had the next Avengers Heroes of yeah. Tomorrow cartoon where Ultron is that dude he in that, kills everyone but he, Hulk he kills everybody and he doesn't kill Hulk because he knows Hulk will mess him up yeah and it's like one of the he's the, he is that dude and then this movie's like but yeah. Like, what? Or, like, clearly you've never made an omelet. No. <laughs> no. No. And it's so annoying because, like, Davis, I was listening to it and, like, it almost sounds like they recorded the Spader dialogue in two sittings where he says all of his super menacing. Well, you no, know, he, you know, he did it live. Really? They, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, okay. They yeah. had him with the so, thing and they had the thing on the But his what head. I was saying was, it I don't know sa- if he, he might have redubbed it, though. It sounds like. They recorded it all. It's like, all right, we're going to be the most scariest character ever. And then Kevin Feige's like, guys, we can't have a villain that serious. So then, because like, all of his jokes are in like a completely different tone, like not even like close to his original voice. I'm like, what happened? Because everything is so, so. And then, like, oh my gosh, like even like Claws the Cuttlefish. I'm going to go on a rambling rant about Cuttlefish, even though it's Andy Circus, who is, by the way, uh, Spader worked with Andy Circus to learn about how to do the motion capture, which yes, that's why, Andy Serkis sure is that's why he was dude. there, wasn't it? Probably, which is why I love Andy Circus, by the way. Claw. Just gonna just gonna reemphasize that because Andy Circus is awesome. Uh, also, yet again, though not as extreme, Joss Whedon has more lines of dialogue that no actual human being on this earth would ever say. Because Thor goes to get attack Tony, because you know Tony made Ultron, and then Captain America goes, Thor, the Legionnaire, and I'm like. What? Yeah, why did he say that? Why did he say Yeah, I, why did he say I that? Never, when I saw the movie in 2015, I did not understand it then, and I still do not understand what, like, Thor, the god of thunder, even as stupid a lot, because 
This is the same thing, because you weren't on our MCU episode, but this is the same thing where Loki shows up in Avengers and Selvig goes, Loki, brother of Thor, no one talks like that! Oh my god. <laughs> I, I hate it. And I'm so glad it's only one line of dialogue that's that bad in this movie, except all the language and... I'm, I'm looking into why he says it right now. And... Who can forget Bruce Banner, one of the smartest individuals on the planet, mispronouncing Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda? I, what? I also, I, mm, I hated the Black Widow Hulk thing that they forced onto us in this so movie. Bad. So It was so bad. It was like infuriating to watch these scenes. How'd a girl like you end up in a dump like, like this? this? I skipped the scene, by the way. I skipped it. And the- honestly, you know, I'll say this. Everything surrounding it, like Captain America going to talk to him and saying, as the leading example on waiting too long, don't. That's a good. That's a good. That line. was a good line. And then, yeah, that was a good. And then all of Black Widow's lore about the Red Room and Hulk's also, you know, trauma and Great. lore. Good. But the the fact that it had to be brought out in this, and then even the I hope you and Banner are playing hide the zucchini. <sighs> one of the worst. <laughs> I forgot about that. Ooh, one. I did not like the oh, romance that they then, were trying to have going. The, and then I'm, oh my god, the few, why to to not be completely negative. Oh, he said the legionnaire because he wanted Thor to go catch the Iron Legion member that stole the scepter. Apparently, Thor, the legionnaire, and then he flew off. I don't no, know. No, he didn't. He he I, stayed look, there because he said I'm the trail the went. News. Yeah, he said because he said the trail went cold. cold. I'm just uh, reporting the news. It did not make sense, though. It did not. Come what? What? Way. Maybe the Legionnaire? What? Maybe? Maybe? What? Nobody talked. Like if I like if I want Logan, if I want you to do something, or Davis, I want you to do something like related to Weagle. I'm not gonna say Davis. The that thing. <laughs> or Davis, the the computer. What do I want you to do on the computer? Huh? Huh? I'm not gonna try to finish. So I'm not even gonna. I don't think it's. Oh I, I don't know. There's the only redeeming thing is that the Hulk versus Hulkbuster fight is like one of the best in the MCU. I'll well, say it. I'll I say, like it. I'll say this. There's a couple redeeming. I don't things. think so. I think Go the ahead. intro scene for Ultron, the whole party and around that. I really mm. like. Oh yeah. The exploring. They did a really. Why good, are they partying? They because they. they, they I know why they they're partying. The I know why they they're partying. Why they partying? Because it's a move, Davis. Come and on a lot now. of lines. Oh, oh, and Colby Smulders went like testosterone. Oh, or, that or, made me roll my oh my eyes. gosh! When like, Cap, oh who has been on, who has been in modern times forever, has M- Maria Hill, who knows him, says the whole um, super complicated explanation for uh, the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and then Cap just looks and he's like, "She's weird and he's fast." Bad. Oh, there was something I meant to say for the Winter English, Soldier. English, please. Winter Soldier thing. We got to go back in time real quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Winter Soldier right now. Uh, uh, if you remember later on in Marvel, Captain America actually has a thing with uh, Sharon Carter. Yeah. But there's a. You never actually see Peggy Carter's husband, and Captain America actually goes back in time in Endgame. So does he have a thing with his daughter? <laughs> Granddaughter, if anything. Because no, Sh- Sharon is is Peggy's granddaughter. Okay, then yes. does he have a thing with his granddaughter? Because you never actually see Peggy's husband. It's in, well, and like she there's was her niece, like great niece. Oh wait, still we're I gonna mean, we're gonna find the out. The president still stands. He's he could be having relations yeah. with someone related to him. And now back jump back and forth in time. Okay, okay, a couple, a couple, a couple positives. Couple positives. They do do a really good job at meshing. Like you can see the vision for all these films. Like Iron Man feels like he does in Iron Man three. Cap does after Winter Soldier. You can see Except the Except he gets rid of all of his suits just to build the Hulkbuster yes. 
and the Iron Legion. It's because it's Tony. He never learns. That's part part of his character. This movie is just the Isn't same. The whole point of Iron Man that he always learns. This or movie is that one of the things in the no, MCU no, where he always adapts. I, I will cut you off for that one, Logan, because this movie is literally just the Iron Man three arc again because he quits again. Because he quits at the end of this movie. Like I got <laughs> to I only come back out. in Infinity War. Because he drives back. away in the car and then he comes back later. I don't even remember that. Terror. Also, um, I just want to say, no matter what rating you're giving this movie. Actually, yeah, let's do the ratings right Six. now. Six. 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 Um, all your ratings automatically drop a point because the uh, face and boobs jokes makes an appearance in this movie, and that uh, is the boobs jokes. Yeah, where was where, that? Where they pull up where he pulls Hulk or she pulls Bruce Banner over oh, the bar and then he yeah. just falls face first into her chest and says, Sorry, he's like, Don't turn he's like, I won't. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I do remember that one. Bad. That yeah. joke. The thing is, so after watching such a clever movie like Guardians, this movie has so much low-hanging fruit humor. Yes. It's just like so much like... That's Josh Whedon. Just like, we are not going to surrender. Turns out, I am going to surrender. Oh, no. Just so much that bad... Made me, that, I did laugh at that, not because it was funny, but because like... The only the jokes f- that I really liked were all the Quicksilver and Hawkeye beef. I, like, I thought that was funny. Like, yeah. you didn't see that coming? That was kind of funny. I'll give them that. It, but they kind of ran in the ground a little bit. I agree. Um, I agree. They, I liked again. This is the one thing I about going back and watching all these. They really did have a. I know. Well, there's no vision. show after us, Davis. Are you sure? Yes, yes. there's there no a, show. So we're good. They had a clear vision, and they also set up. In, they made an in-game reference in this film. They did. They're like, he's like, this is the end. Ultron is the in-game, isn't it? Also, how about Jarvis is coming in as a Deus Ex Machina at the end of the movie to be Vision? <laughs> because even though they said Ultron is so much bigger and smarter and annihilated him, and they're like, oh, actually, Jarvis is here. Yeah, Iron Man also basically just made the thing from Winter Soldier again with Ultron in a way. That was his goal. Yeah, they didn't yeah. learn anything. Stupid, stupid. Anyway, well, uh, yeah, I'm giving it a five because the face and boobs joke is the worst thing I've ever seen. That should burn because they because jo- Josh Whedon also put it in Justice League. You did so Justice Justice, Justice League. League. May it burn. Anyway, on to the last movie of Phase Two. Ant Man. Oh, wait, wait. Post credit scene. Um, uh, just one. Be fine, I'll do it fine, myself. I'll do it also, myself. Important details, the ending detail. Fury alludes to the Quinjet crashing in the ocean, which implies Hulk is still on Earth, soon to be ignored in Ragnarok. <laughs> and the final Avengers team is Vision, Rhodey, Falcon, Wanda, Cap, and Black Widow. Ooh. Wanda's accent erodes slowly. Okay, good point about that. I, I hadn't written down. So originally in that scene, Josh Whedon, they had it to the point where they had filmed like a still of this person. One of Captain Marvel in that lineup at oh. the final end of the Avengers. And they had like a stand. That would have been very shoot. But Kevin Feige in. said, Yeah, sure. And then said, No, we're not doing that. Cut her out afterwards. That, good that would, move. That would have been that would, yeah, that would have been that would have been very shoehorned in. And also, Vision was good. We what, didn't even Drew, the introduction I, with him was I, like I, I like Vision. And again, like the final scene between Ultron and Vision is a very good series scene that doesn't involve a quip. And I thought the series moments were good. It's just too few and far between yes. mixed in with bad jokes. Like even when um one last one, sorry. When Hulk and Black Widow have that scene where she he goes to save her and they like have this heartfelt moment and she even then pushes him off the um cliff. It's okay. And, and then she goes, I adore you. I'm fine with it. Eh. It's bad, but I'm fine with it because it's serious. And then two seconds later, Hulk's jumping. You just why did they have to have Scarlett Johansson screaming to a microphone? So is Hulk jumping around all yours? Ah Are we even now? Um, bro. Go be a hero, runs off into the fort. No. But again, the serious moments were good, Ooh. like when the people on Sokovia were terrified, good stuff. Just not enough of it and too many, honestly, bad jokes. But anyway, on to Ant-Man. Directed by Peyton Reed. Written by a combo of Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish, Adam McKay, and apparently Paul Rudd. Davis may really like that. Oh, there was a trailer for uh, 
movie in Adam McKay's making I saw at the movies last night. Really? I which, think he which, wrote what it or movie did you go last night? Barbarian. It was that good? Yeah, it was actually really good. I heard it was really good. I want to go see it. It's a horror it. movie, Alex. Interesting. Ooh, interesting, interesting. But as so, you were. Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, Corey From Stahl Lost. At, yeah, exactly, as Darren Cross, Bobby Cannavale as Jim Paxton, Michael Pena as Luis, T.I. as Dave. Mm-hmm. I had to read because it's his full name is Tip T.I. Harris, and I just wanted to read T.I. Yeah, that's Tip. Anthony yeah. Mackie as Sam yeah, Wilson, Judy Greer as Maggie, David Dest Malkian as Dest Malshin as Kurt, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym, and music composed by Christoph Beck. It premiered July 17, 2015. Really short, an hour and 57 minutes. Still a pretty large budget of 130 to $169 million. The smallest of phase two and racked up $519.3 million. Development for the film began in April of 2006, and Wright was attached until creative differences caused him to leave in May of 2014. Reed was brought in to replace Wright while McKay was hired to contribute to the script with Paul Rudd. I would like to have seen... The Edgar Wright. Because I can same. see some Edgar Wright here, and I can see some, okay, that was just bad. Joke. I'm a big Edgar Wright fan. Who isn't? This man is so I still haven't seen Baby Driver, personally. What? You have to. Okay, I, it's not like I hadn't, it's is not it like I reasons? said I, had, I just shot somebody. No, I just haven't seen it. Okay. You you, you should also, see it. Also, Ansel really Elgar's not that cool, but. Yeah. That's true, that's but I was the, wondering. The movie is, t- well, neither is Kevin Spacey. It's a tough cast yeah, in there. Tough cast. Tough cast. Tough cast for Edgar Wright there. So, Davis, you really like this movie, apparently. I re- yeah, I do actually enjoy it. I think it's pretty funny. I enjoy it, too. I think if you have anybody besides Paul Rudd as the character here, it wouldn't be near as enjoyable. I agree. I think maybe, maybe there's a few exceptions you could probably drum up, but like Paul Rudd's the perfect Scott Lang. He's really fun. That the He has really good comedic time, and I think Michael Pena's really good in it as well. I think T.I. is actually pretty good at it. T.I. is really, really good. really funny, man. He fit well, honestly. He was really funny. I thought the action was really good, really creative. Used the concept and used it well, in my opinion. I, I love the action scenes in this, especially the final fight. It looks, the CG looks good the when CG he's really looks, small. The CG looks pretty good. My biggest gripe is a couple. One, I thought just some of the jokes were just a way overdone, like... I wrote them down, but while, while I'm trying Go, to read... Please enlighten us. While I'm, <laughs> while I'm trying to read through it, I'll say this. I also thought that Cross is probably one of the worst and thinnest villains in... The, like, he's just crazy for no reason. I'm fine with that. Like, they're like, oh, well, the suit makes you crazy. I just thought it was very bland and I think and he just generic. wants money, and I can accept that as yeah. motivation for being a bad person. He wanted money. Well, yeah, he but then, he, then he just wants to kill a bunch of people. Well, he wants to kill Ant-Man after he basically destroys all his, like... Basically, his life's work in hell. Well, yeah, but he goes. He, shoot, he shoots Hank because he wants to kill him too. Well, yeah, because he was disgruntled at Hank. That's what they said. You know, I don't know. I'm Hank just crazy. There are actually crazy people. Yeah, there are crazy people. I think Jeff Bezos would do people. this. Yeah, he was just Def- Jeff Bezos. That's true. He's too. bald. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't think. Um, I I didn't personally like that villain at all. I I don't. I'm also I'm not a fan of the villain who mirrors the hero thing, which is like Iron Monger in Iron Man is a, is a great example. One bad joke I really didn't like, and I saw this trend starting and it keeps happening, where the MCU's like, guys, we write really good speeches. What if we have one of the characters in the movie make a joke about how good a speech is? And it happens again and again in this movie. Wait, who does that? Because Michael Douglas makes a really good speech. Uh, oh, to, yeah. And then Scott's like, that was a really good speech. Wow. I don't remember that. I do like, remember that. And that, that, that if happened, I don't remember it, it probably wasn't that That happened in Winter Soldier, and it was funny, but then they did it again in this one, and then they did it, they do it a lot more in Endgame because Rocket and them are like, wow, Captain America's so good at that. Like, you're just saying, our dialogue is so good. Wow. 
Bad yeah, joke. I'll, I'll give you that one. I didn't like that one at all. And I thought I thought that um However, however speech that is funny, Michael Pena when he's doing like the recap. Oh, yeah. oh my god. I can watch a movie of just those. Those, those are so funny. Those are so I love Michael Pena. So funny. I'm he's more of a Neo Cubist myself, but you know that, that was that so was, that, so that was funny. funny. <laughs> I agree. I agree. The chemistry and, oh, between Michael Pena and Scott Lynch. It or, happened again. Yeah. Sorry, in another one where uh, Hope and Hank have this really great scene, and then Scott's like, this is so awesome. It's so good. Oh, wait, I ruined it, didn't I? I didn't like that, I like but that. I did laugh at it. Yeah, Paul I did Rudd, laugh at that. Paul, Paul, Rudd's funny. You know, Paul Rudd's good. I'll give it to when, him. When, when Michael Douglas opens, opens the door and they're kissing, and then he's like, why would you do that, Ho? How yeah. dare you? <laughs> that was that was very funny. I agree. I really, really liked that as well. Like I, Nobody else besides Paul Rudd could agree, make agree. this work. I just, I just didn't. I, I think cannot, it's, it's pretty funny script regardless, though. I'll, I'll give think. it its points. I'll give it its points. It's funny. I like heist movies. It's a heist movie. Yeah. Uh, it's refreshing with the powers of being small, of the shrinking. It looks good. Like Or like the scene with Cross it's not just about another... to get hit by the Thomas the Tank, and then it cuts yeah. away just the toy falling yeah, over. It's just, it's just good gags of like size, like the it falling over, making things big, the giant ant or whatever. The giant tank. Yeah. The giant tank. Or then like, with like, that's not a toy. One of the funny, one of the jokes I actually really did laugh at was when they try and stop the van as they're driving away to go help Scott and then Michael Payne's like, oh, I can't hear that. There's, there's like a really loud tank. I have no idea what's going on. And he just rolls the window. I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. Because it honestly sounded like they just said, sound like you're trying to divert them and just. Well, yeah, he up. was trying to get away from the cops. Yeah, I know, I know that's what he's doing, but it's not like he just told him to improv. It's like it just—I really like that. He's like though. back away very slowly when all the cops turn around. But oh yeah, yeah. I also love the horn and the callback to that whenever the cops. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I really like that. I—it was funny. Paul Rudd was really good. I'll give him that. Certainly, I think he was really, really just a great pick for this. And I thought Michael Douglas was also pretty good as yep. Hank Pym. Maybe I thought eventually really. Lily was pretty good too. I think she. Everybody's really, pretty good in their roles. I well, agree. It's uh, well, I, Cross again, is alright. I just don't like. I, I just don't like Cross. I just didn't That's like okay. him at all. But I I'm fine with like the maniacal villain. Like fine with being crazy. Like it just he was a lot more. He, let me tell He's you. Close this. to the mic. Let me tell you this. I liked him more than any of the Iron Man villains. Like I felt like. He was just a lot better of a character, and I guess it made a little. Then again, that's because the Iron Man villains are pretty terrible. But he's very much as similar to an Iron Man villain. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give him points for being better than those three. I'll give him points for that. I'll give him points for that. And honestly, it's a fun movie, and I really, honest, really like the fight scene in the bedroom. I enjoy the the gags. It's funny. I. I think I was kind of MCU'd out when I watched this because this is my sixth movie in a four-day period. I think if I watched it separate of this it, this one like was months, refreshing after Age of Ultron, which I don't think is good. <laughs> None of us. What do we rate? I give, you it, give a it a six. six. I think six. I'm surprised. I give it a five. Dude. I still give it a six. I'll give I it think an I'll go to five too. There's. Good I need to change that. It. Nah, I I was so I think James annoyed. Spader was bringing it up. Ja- but, James Spader and like the first few awesome scenes of Ultron carried that movie to its rating that I gave it. Okay, yeah, I'll give it five. Whew, Low, and, uh, and Vision. I liked Vision. I'll give Ant-Man cool. a 7. I give Ant-Man a 7, too. I think a 7 is exactly where I'd put it. It's not, you know, it's it's a good MCU movie. And, I'm, and also, more importantly, guys, you do not have to <gasps> turn off your brain to enjoy it. You can. You I can, would like to point out Alex was was groaning about Ant-Man earlier. Yes. He, he was, was like, oh, around. Ant-Man. I'm like, Ant-Man's not bad. I, I, look, admittedly, I was a little tired of having to watch these movies. It's I'm okay. sorry, y'all. I, like... Thinking back on it, yeah, it's it's funny. I promise, I, this was probably one of the MC movies I saw the most because it came out when my little brother was really watching movies and he really enjoyed it. So we watched it a lot. 
So it's probably one of the ones that I've seen too many times where most of the bits are not as funny. If I hadn't seen it in, say, two years and watched it again, I'm sure I'd enjoy it a lot more. And again, the cast and Paul Rudd are top tier. I really just don't like the sequel. I really like the scene, though, where he does go uh, subatomic and he's falling through. And he Yeah, to, that's actually really good. And they, it sets up the next one really well. They handle that really, really well. I also really like the, oh, it's an old shield facility. And then it's like, oh, my God, it's the Avengers. That was, yeah. that was a funny reveal. <laughs> I think that fight with Falcon, that was a good choice. Is, you're not, it's not Captain America, it's Falcon. I think it was a good fight. I agree, yeah. I agree. Keep it simple. Also give Falcon some more just screen time because I think he played you know second Anthony fiddle Mackie twice. Anthony Mackie is amazing. Anthony Mackie is great. Love Anthony Mackie, by the way. Just, just want to say that. And then the post credit scenes. We got two. If, if, if we have anything else to talk about for Ant-Man. Wait, what was the, the post credit scene was... So we got two. So we got Hope with the Wasp suit where she says, it's about dang time, which I think is a, hey, female superhero. But, you know, Marvel pulled the rug out from under us yet again with that one. Mm-hmm. Because Kevin Feige only believes in a female superhero when it's financially convenient for him. Mm-hmm. At least based on the contract he signed with Scarlett Johansson. That's all I must say about that. Not a big fan of how Marvel has handled all that nonsense. I think you guys all know that as well. Yeah. And then the great Civil War tease, I really like that, especially when he's like, I, I know, know a guy. guy. Smooth. I, and also, I would like to say... That's a great tease, The by Ant-Man the way. introductions for every time, like in Endgame where he comes out and he's like, what happened here? I still think that's a great scene. Personally. I don't like how it, it happened a with great. a rat on a thing. That was kind of convenient. It's a, I mean... It, yeah. Life is full of coincidences, Alex. Fair enough. Yes. You wouldn't be where you were fair today enough. without a few coincidences. Fair enough. Okay, fair. That's fair. Uh, like where he where he goes and finds his name, and then he goes and sees Cassie, okay, yes, and he's like, that, Paul oh Rudd's God. so good. Paul Rudd is yep. phenomenal. Paul Rudd's that dude. He can actually, like, watch Clueless if you haven't seen it. So there's a movie. He's, he's funny. He's serious. I love Clueless, by the way. Paul Rudd's awesome I'm in that. I've seen Clueless, actually. Clueless, really? Alicia Silverstone's really good I know, in it, too. I know it's like... Oh, my God! You ever seen Clueless? That's why I feel like when I said I didn't see whatever the movie I said. or uh, Baby Paul Driver. Rudd's in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Now yeah, that... He's the yeah. teacher. Yeah, he's, he's good. he's so, so good. Also, wait. Hold on. I want to pull up this one movie that he's in. I want to see if I can find it. Sorry, y'all. I just really, really I'm ready to go it. eat, Alex. Yeah. I'm getting hungry. I'm actually not, but okay. Um, he wants to talk more. MCU, no, I don't. Apparently. So, we've got all that. All of our ratings. He's in role models, too. Anything we've been... A good one. Oh, interesting. Anything we've been watching or reading lately, guys? I saw uh, Barbarian yesterday. Ah. It was actually... I was very stressed during it, because it was actually a well-made horror movie. It had a good little... I, it had a thing where it... I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, because I want you to see it, Alex. I genuinely want you to watch it. Interesting. I look And for- I've been reading One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ooh. Ooh. Sort of a, ties into what we watched, or what we talked about last week. How good is it? It's pretty good so far. I haven't gotten very far in. I haven't had a lot of chances to read, but it's actually from the point of view of Chief. The Fundamentals of Caring with Paul Rudd in it. A really good movie where on Netflix. Yeah, where he's... Only an hour and 37 minutes, 7.3 on IMDb. It's so good. I like that a lot. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Uh, uh, oh, Go ahead, Davis. Uh, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm done. All right, go ahead, Logan. Take it for a second. I've been keeping up with the MCU. I watched She-Hulk, and Werewolf by Night was surprisingly really good. I heard. I heard a lot of good um, things. I watched Promising Young Woman for the first time, Cobra Kai, and then I've been watching every single WWE documentary under the sun, preparing for WWE GL, the Ruthless Aggression Era, all that stuff. And you got you to gotta prepare for Justin Lee and Justin yeah, Ferguson to, to bring, bring the heat on that episode. That'll be a lot of fun. I haven't really been watching anything, admittedly. I just haven't had time. And other than more of The Walking Dead. But hey, what can I say? Lori's finest moment was when she died in that show. That's right. I said it. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to the Ministry of Truth for the MCU, Davis. This Do is your moment. Anything? I don't think I have it. I probably could find Davis, something. it's the tweets I sent you earlier this week where Elizabeth Olsen. There oh, was a tweet I where about Still that. the best performance we've gotten. Terrible thing. I we've saw We've gotten that. this 2022. And then somebody said, what about everything ever all at once? And she said, Michelle Yeoh was great, but everyone else was just fine. Excuse me? Davis, you... 
you got something to say. I know you do. I've just been so drained from all this episode. All these really? bad, terrible, terrible remakes. Well, now you can talk about movies. how good everything ever all wants and how that's such that a bad a phenomenal take. Phenomenal movie, and she, uh, Michelle Yeoh, should win, or as like Alex would like to say, Yao, which I try to. Try Sorry, to, try I to made to a mistake, and I apologize, Michelle Yeoh. I made a mistake. <laughs> she should win Best Actress. The worst. Yes. The worst. But the thing, thing is, about- I just want to say, uh, if you think Elizabeth Olsen in WandaVision is the best, no, this was Multiverse of Madness, which is worse. Oh, even by then, the way. even then, if you think that she's the best performance of the year, you need to see more movies. <laughs> True, <laughs> that's what they frankly. said. That was so her- the funny thing is, is that so one, she's a lot better in WandaVision than in Multiverse of Madness, and two, the one clip they pulled is one where she's just like going, like raising eyebrows, I'm like man, these people when they see the Rock are gonna go, it's insane. Which I also said. The, the real tweet is MCU fans when they see a villain with any actual depth. <gasps> I bet if they watch, like, uh, I'm trying to just think of some of the best acting performances I've seen. Just stuff Hereditary? Like, like Manchester by the Sea. Casey Affleck's performance Ooh. in that. They, they, I don't think they'd... I feel Maybe. Like I, I feel like I'm being condescending here, but I don't think they'd be able to comprehend that. <laughs> like, I don't know if they could handle... They'd just be like, she's not saying quips. Uh, he's not... He's just sad the whole time. And, and I'll say... Which to- I've read reviews of Manchester by the Sea. Of they're like... No. They're just like, no. he doesn't, he doesn't, there's no happy ending to it. I'm like, that's the whole point of the, there is a happy ending in a way. He's a, he, he makes progress in his depression. For, uh, whatever. So Great I'll, movie, by the I'll way. I'll tie into it through One the lens episode. Um, if y'all just watched The Sound of Metal and The Father. Oh my goodness. I mean, cooked. I might watch Manchester by the Sea. I might watch The Father just to keep myself, uh, keep Santa myself grounded. Lord have mercy, Logan. You got any thoughts on that tweet outside of what we've already said? I that was literally one of the worst tweets I've ever seen. As someone who's been, <laughs> and, and as someone who is a comic book fan, terrible, terrible. I I saw that before you sent me that. I was like, and I saw the the top reply is. No offense, but you need to watch more movies. And she's like, you guys saying that, like, I just enjoy this movie or whatever. And I was like, no, because first of all, I don't know how you can come away from everything I roll at once and not say Stephanie Sue gave the best performance of the year. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? That, that, anyway, another, one more tweet, actually, because this, this relates to something. And it's, this is not so much more Ministry of Truth, but it's actually a, a article from Roger Ebert who wrote it in 2009. Are you ready for this, Davis? Mm-hmm. I think I sent it to you. You did. A lot of fans are basically fans of fandom itself. Mm-hmm. It's all about them. They have mastered the Star Wars or Star Trek universes or whatever, but their objects of veneration are useful, mainly as a backdrop to their own devotion. Anyone who would camp out in a tent on the sidewalk for weeks in order to be the first in line for a movie is more into camping on sidewalk than movies. Extreme fandom may serve as a security blanket for the socially inept for who's, who use its extreme structure as substitute for social skills. If you are Luke Skywalker and she is Princess Leia, you, you already, already know, know what, to, what say. to say to each other, which is so much safer than having to addle a bit. Your, fa- your fanish obsession is your beard. If... You know absolutely all the trivia about your cubbyhole of pop culture. It saves you from having to know anything about anything else. That's why it's excruciatingly boring to talk to such people. They're always asking you questions they know the answer to. He wrote that in 2009. And, um, guys... Nail on the head on that one. Guys... Absolutely obliterated (laughs) everything. Quite literally called out stan culture, like... That's why people that create accounts that are like Wanda Stan on Twitter, like, uh, g- guy? Ugh. 
if you pick up a if you try to pick up a lady by using like Star Wars lines or something, which is oh my goodness, <laughs> I, I agree hundred percent. And one last thing, Davis. Sorry, I just got to get off my chest with this in crazy crazy episode. I want to eat some pizza, man. The Jeffrey Dahmer uh, series on Netflix oh. is now the second most watched series in the history of Netflix. <laughs> hey, remind and me. I got beat. Hey, wait, 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 actually, remind me next week. Ministry of Truth can be about true tr- true crime fans. If you'd like, I agree, and let, let's have a let's have a small segment so then we can go. I know I've been talking I'm a while, so but hungry, I know I know I've been so talking about a while. Let the other trivia let's, too, and, and let's just say this, and then we'll, then we'll wrap it up. And no, or Logan, you made you made a point, so you can certainly say something as well. The glorification of this man, of all of these things, just serial killers in general, it, it's insane. It. Every serial killer movie or show should be from the perspective of Mindhunter or Zodiac, in my opinion. I agree. Yes. Human, humanizing someone like Jeffrey Dahmer, I don't care how many mental illnesses he had. I know that may sound insensitive, but it, 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 to be honest, you, a paranoid schizophrenic, yes, there's a lot they're dealing with, but killing 17 people is killing 17 people. And the romant, romanticizing of this man on TikTok and on Twitter is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. To be honest, make a 17-episode show from the perspective of his victims because he killed 17 people. I also just want to say all the people on TikTok, Twitter, whatever, they're talking about, oh, he's so smart. All these serial killers are so smart. No, they're not. They're uh, deranged. No, they're idiots. You can say that. They're, I was going to say They're idiots. You got to have fun bleeping this out this episode. They're like, like... Ted Bundy, not smart. He wasn't even, he's not that charismatic. Like, like Jeffrey Dahmer, he got caught because he was getting evicted. He had too many bodies in his house. That doesn't sound very smart to me. It's just crazy. Like, they're all stupid. They all get caught because they're so dumb. And their police department are dumb enough to let them go. And the only one who maybe you could argue was very intelligent was the Zodiac Killer. And again, no, he wasn't. I mean, he's still. he didn't get caught because it was the 1970s, okay, yeah, okay, and the sure, San Francisco okay. police department fair, were fair, inept. Fair, okay, fair. I haven't read as he much. He should have gotten fair. caught. Okay, he was I, leaving. He was leaving things everywhere. He he got his picture taken. Ha- the police walked by him one time. They're like, "Oh, you can go, sir." And I, I'm gonna say, even then, the movie does not glorify what he does. It honestly focuses uh, on the thing that who he's affected. I want to give another tip: the BTK killer who was gonna be in the right. third Mind season Hunter, of Mindhunter before they what didn't boo. happen. Netflix you know canceled that caught? just to make. Uh, oh yeah, wait, I think I did hear about it. He sent a letter to the police and went, "Can you trace floppy disks?" And they went, "No, we can't." So he, and he sent them a floppy disk, and he they traced them and he got caught. Oh Lord! These people are not smart. Don't act like they're geniuses. They're dumb. Oh, they are deranged people that murder. They take lives because they are deranged, crazy, and selfish, obsessive. Whatever you want to say, they are not. They should never, ever be part of your stand. You should not look up to them. You should not idolize them. You should not have earrings. With pictures of them, you is should. That, you is that a thing? Yes. Um, you shouldn't have trading cards of them. You shouldn't want to buy Jeffrey Dahmer's glasses that he wore. Um, I got some breaking news for you, oh. especially in the spirit of the MCU. Harrison Ford has been cast as Thunderbolt Ross for the next Captain America film, in the spirit of William Hurt passing away. Is I that thought, true? I don't feel that, like that's true. It's, it's who who reported it? Discussing film. Is okay, it disgusting yeah, that, or disbusting? It's disgusting. <laughs> There's it's a lot the of those out profile. there. Okay, yeah, all right. I'm going to check the actual news. That's, um, oh, yeah, okay. Discuss, yeah. Source on YouTube? 
Mm. Yeah, see, that's why I wasn't sure. Okay. But anyway, I think we'll that, see. That, that, that brings a good end to our Ministry of Truth segment. No, or Logan, any final thoughts on that before we move on? I mean, I just I agree with everything Davis said. Yeah. I hate True crime can Davis be interesting, spitting. but like 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 Mindhunter. Don't be obsessed with and killers. I, and I hate how many people are like, "Have you watched Dahmer yet?" And I'm like, "No, I'm oh not going to watch no, Dahmer." There, so we're going to talk about it next week because there was a tweet by Netflix like, "Still not over that scene where Jeffrey Dahmer's victim was taken back to his apartment." I'm like, "What?" Like they said, like it was like a crazy t- like, "No, <laughs> this happened to people. This is not some invent." We'll save it for next week's Ministry of Truth. We will go off even further and I look forward to that. Now I'm ready to eat some pizza. Let's go. Two more things where we gotta go. We got these trivia questions. We're not gonna we're not gonna answer them, but we're gonna I'm gonna say them both. What classic Mel Brooks comedy is shot entirely in black and white to give it that old monster movie feeling? And in Top Gun, what song does Tom Cruise sing to Kelly McGillis? Do not answer either one. We're gonna save it for next week. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, finally Finally. What brings us to an end. Thanks to everyone for tuning into another episode of Through the Lens, our second in a somewhat spooky season. Who knows? Depends on how you view the MCU. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any thoughts on this painful experience that was MCU Phase 2, you can reach out to the show directly by following us on Instagram at through the lens underscore Weagle. That's through underscore the underscore lens underscore Weagle. We will be back next week to discuss one of our favorite films starring the man himself, Brendan Fraser, The Mummy, and its two lesser sequels. This is Alex Houston alongside my co-host, Davis Carroll, and special guest, program director of WEGL 91.1 FM, Logan Hurston, signing off, and we will talk again next week.